0: Well, you drove out there into the middle of nowhere and had some sort of loud verbal display challenging E.T. in general out oh, in the middle yeah. of nowhere? What I, was
1: doing. I actually had a uh, pistol in my hand at the time. Um, I was really ticked off. When I was having this fit, I, had, I was waving the gun in the air, okay, and I had this fit. And at this moment, I said, okay. <laughs>
2: Was a Louisiana man named Montaldo. Folks around called him Six Gun Joe. Worked with Icar, don't you know? Investigating UFOs. Out for a drive with a gal one night, they stopped to check out the reporting site. When an alien lit right there on the ground, they commenced to throw in his. Now old Sixgum didn't take too kindly to that kind of thing, especially without Vaseline or you know, seriously. Well Gun looked that critter right in the eye and said, any last wish before you die, you all reach for his gun, quick as a twitch, and said, fill your claw, you son of a bitch. Now a legend spread across the land. This pistol waving man. But if you're from space or from Earth below, you don't give no lip to Six Gun Joe.
3: UFO Undercover, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, with your host, Joe Montaldo, right here on the Paranormal Radio Network. Welcome to UFO Undercover, with your host, Joe Montaldo.
1: Wow, all that intro music and stuff. I'm, I'm used to science and beyond. I don't have to do all that fancy music and stuff. I don't know what all that noise was about. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I know, guys. Before anybody gives me trouble. Yes, the intro was backwards, by the way. You didn't notice the, the promo should have been before the, the music. But anyway, we'll find out who did that. Uh, I hope everyone's having a great morning, great afternoon, great evening, wherever you're on a big, beautiful blue planet. I've only been saying this for, oh, God, almost 30 years now. Uh, there is no other place I want to be on Wednesday night. The show has a great audience. We have a great following around the world. It's a lot of fun. We're in every time zone on the planet. And as far as I know, the show goes out to every country in the world. We have not found one that we don't broadcast. And we do our numbers in our, on different meetings that we have. We go through all the different uh, archive sites we have and all the live sites we have and see who's listening to us and who's not. We know for a fact we have about 27 listeners in North Korea, uh, which it has to be someone in the upper echelon because there's no one else would be allowed to listen to us there. Um, we know places like Venezuela, we actually have a few hundred people listen to us in Venezuela. So same thing in Cuba. Uh, Cuba, though, I actually think they're picking up from one of the Miami servers to be honest with you. I don't, think that, I don't think it's actually a live server in Cuba anywhere. I think they're actually picking up off of either one of the Miamis or somebody may have extended the Miami service down to um, one of the keys or something. So they might be picking us up like that. Russia for two years was our number one country and then China took over. Now America's back. It's a weird thing watching. India is on the rise. Though. I just thought I'd tell you that we have a uh, our, our other organization has a big following in India. And now the station's starting to pick up a nice size following there. So it's great. Um, it's weird, though. You know, I remember the first time I actually seen we had a listener in too. I remember as a kid thinking, my mom's full of BS. There's no place called too Get the out of here. You know, there's nobody got no 10 buck tube going on anywhere. Of course, it is a real place, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. And we actually have listeners there, which surprises me. Uh, we have them all over China. Uh, as far as I know, we are probably the only station of this kind American in China. Uh, we got lucky we were in Hong Kong when they were taken back. I had to go to a bunch of dancing and dancing and swear. I wouldn't talk about Xi Jinping. And um, they let us stay. And all of a sudden, we're in Beijing, and we, now we're everywhere. I mean, we're even little provinces I didn't even know they had in China. It's, it's, it's great to see us grow in there. I don't know what it means, but it's it's interesting. What what really gets me is this 1. 1. 1.4 billion there now, 1.3, 1.4. How many of them have to speak English? Because nobody in the station speaks Mandarin. <laughs> we all speak English. We do have one guy on here that can speak Mandarin. He used to teach it. But the rest of us speak English, and some of that, not even so well. We're going to get back to all of that in just a little while. We had Todd McCaffrey with us tonight. I'm going to get, get him to tell you a little bit about himself in a minute. Todd is an interesting character is all I can say. I've met, had the ple- pleasure of meeting Todd for two years in a row now. Out at Writers of the Future, he's one of the judges out there, which is one, of the, I hate to say it like this, is probably one of the minor things he does in life, because the man got more books than he, he probably got years alive. Uh, but anyway, we'll get to that in a few minutes. <laughs> but he's a character, and I mean that in in, in the most insane and in the most uh, you know, and just and all with all my heart. I mean, he's a great guy. He's a lot of fun to hang out with. Um, but he don't take any guff at anybody. I know it's when he thinks he's right, he, buddy. You better back your ass up because he thinks he's right. Sounds like somebody else I know. You, you audience members out there, <laughs> but uh, no, he is really really a good guy. And and to be honest, and before I let him introduce himself properly. You know i get to see these guys in a couple of different ways so you know the winners are all out there the winners are nervous to start off with you know these are some big judges to talk to these, these aren't run-of-the-mill judges these all these guys are very well known some have movie credits some have big books some have all kinds of books uh there's also a lot of big illustrators that come out there but the thing about it is, is they're not being paid. For. it's not like you know Elrond said, hey you know um Hey Todd, let me let me slip you this 25 here, you know. You know, I'm talking about 25 G's, guys. That's $25 for coming in hanging out, you know, for the weekend or for the week. And what I mean is sincerely, guys, they're out there for a full week with a bunch of people from around the planet uh who are writers. Now the illustrators got to deal with their own headaches themselves, but just watching this to me is 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 exhilarating and hilarious all at the same time. It's uh, because you know everybody's nervous except for the judges. The judges are very confident. None of them are really young. They all got their stuff together. And they all know each other, which makes it even worse. But anyway, Todd, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and how you got into writing. And we'll get started there. Oh, okay. Sorry.
0: Guys. Hey, well, I'm Todd McCaffrey. Uh, according to Amazon, actually, Joe, you're right. I have more books published than I, than I have years of age. Uh, working on that. just finished the first draft of another book today. Uh, People would know me a lot if they've ever read uh, my mother's series, uh, The Dragon Riders of Pern, starting with Dragonflight. I got to collaborate with her and write a couple more books, eight more books in that that universe, which is a lot of fun. Um, I've kind of been all over the place. I am a U.S. Army vet. I'm a licensed pilot. Uh, I've lived in Ireland. Uh, and then LA and now here in Las Vegas um, so I've kind of been all over the place and I started off as a reader you know when, when we look at writers of the future one of the reasons that most of us judges are there is because we need more stuff to read <laughs> I you know?
3: Say that. And so we're sitting there going like yeah yeah yeah
0: let, let, let me read more stuff let me encourage people to, to get into this this marvelous world So that's about it.
1: These no no jacks jacks they they read like Linda does like warp speed read no yeah. they read everything they they don't no see you're getting confused I learned how to speed read because of, because of schematic stuff it's not the same thing when you speed read it, it doesn't matter what you're reading especially if you read novels or anything good you're gonna miss out uh, if you speed read because there's just certain things you're leaving out words and verbs and stuff that that are your brain is taught to leave out well those make a difference in a story they don't so much make a difference in a schematic but they make a difference in the story trust me i know from personal experience for reading um but no they read a lot i mean like to my wife and, and right now she's on vacation because she needs new glasses so she's all my ass about that but um she reads like look you know i give her a book like i remember this is a long time ago so i bring her home the hard copy of Anne rice's uh vampire book the first one, right interview with a vampire so i hand it to her it's a big book you know okay so i go out i'm seeing some friends came back got something to eat picked went to come back picked it, she's the root Like, what do you mean you threw i said do you know how much book that book cost baby <laughs> she's like, i need another one it's like an addition so one of the reasons it's nice about radio is i have a lot of books into me uh and before katrina came we literally had uh, five cases over four thousand books ranging on 100 and 150 we had a linen library at the house actually well in the studio so you could actually come in the studio and, and you know, drop off a book, pick up a book. Uh, There's all kinds of topics there. A lot of them were autographed, uh, you autographed know, from different people I've met over the years. Well, Katrina kind of, mm. that. But Katrina didn't actually get them wet. There was just enough water got in my house, about six inches, because my house was higher and mattery, And uh, it swole all the books. It was like, it, they, they would just, it was like a giant sponge. It swole the books so much that they busted the sides off the cases. I was like, "Look at this!" So you know, we lost a lot of books. We we, can't, we managed to save about four hundred, and since then we've probably been given another four or five hundred. But I give away a lot. I mean, last year I gave away um, almost six hundred books. This year I'm gonna give away pretty much that for November and December. I, I've I've got three boxes. I got to go drop off to local college, but to local high schools uh, for writers of the future, people who have. Um, Bought a case to donate to one of the local schools, so I would give them one of my autographed copies of 38 because I got three of them. <laughs> not exactly sure how that happened. Maybe I stole Zane's or somebody's, or uh, you know, maybe they got Lathers. I don't. Know, I somehow I ended up with three of them, so I'm not sure how that happened. But and it was so funny. I forgot who was on the air. Was it John? Somebody else? Anyway, they were watching me. I was holding one up, and the first thing you hear, oh, it's autographed from the ca- Oh, it was Echo. She I said, how do you know? She says, well, I see the little yellow piece of paper right there. <laughs> it was still stuck in the book <laughs> where they had to sign. Them. Yeah, guys, they have these massive signings, which is, um, first off, they have, what What do you call it when, they, when y'all introduce the artist to the author? The, you mean the, 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 the cover reveal? Yeah, the cover the reveal. Yeah, reveal? Yeah, they, yeah, 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 that's it, uh, because it always freaks me out a little bit, because what a, you know, now that I've seen three years of it, man, some of the illustrators are right on the money. Yep. I mean, I'm not going to say it's 100%, but, but man, guys, I'm honestly telling y'all, when you read the anthology or, or if you get one of the books and they're behind me, you can't see them right now, but I'll move where you can see them in a little while. Um, all that artwork, and there's also winners uh, for the illustrators people, and they match up, I forgot who, who does it, but they match up the artist to the author and let them do the artwork for the book. Man, so far, it's been really, really good. Now, I haven't been through all the books, even though I've got what I've got here. I've got 30 through 38 sitting behind us back here on it, along with uh, uh, Battlefield Earth up there, too. And then the whole collection of all the great Greek, Greek writers is behind it. Oh, I should say, um, I don't know if you would call them writers. What do you call them? Uh, my brain is fried tonight. That's what happens when I do construction all day and then come do radio. It's like, whoa, what's going on? um oh anyway when it comes back to me guys i'll, I'll come back and tell y'all but uh we got it, it just I, I love good book uh, not as much as my wife does mind you uh i mean she's a reading fiend and that's what i find with most of the authors of the good authors especially are just reading fiends and y'all y'all are just soaking up but even the winners when i was talking to a lot of the winners they're like yeah, yeah give me a book give me a... it's like i need a fix man <laughs> Um, y'all think I'm playing guys and being serious. It's, um, they, they are serious about it, but, um, I know, I know Jack, I already seen that question. So hold on. So first thing, what was it when you were a kid, young man, young boy, 20s, 30s, 10, five, whatever it was, <laughs> what was it? I mean, were you just sitting there one day and said, okay, um, I can write a book
2: yeah. well, or I, I can think- write,
1: let me, let me rephrase it. I can write. Cause not everybody started off with a book, but, um, I, I mean, what? I mean, what was? Because I, I, you know, I, I think of myself. Oh, I want to write a book, and I've been trying to work on one. But I'm thinking, how in the, do they do this? I mean, okay, I'm, you know, I'm sitting there. I can write a book. No, I can't write a damn book. <laughs> okay.
0: Well, oh, I mean, you got to go back to the to, to what you said about readers. You know, mm-hmm. Um, I started reading. uh, you know, with, with everybody else, I was certainly reading in first grade and second grade. Third grade is kind of when. The world opened up huge for me. I, I read um, Eleanor Cameron's uh, The Wonderful Flight to the Mushroom Planet, which was just marvelous. I, I
1: actually remember that.
0: Yeah, it starts out with a dad oh, saying, hey, sure, there's an I ad in the paper. That. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it was It was just a sweet little book. And I also, at the same time, I, I was big into space cats, mm. you know, because uh, I was nine. Um, and... I started writing on and off. I was, I mean, I was around somebody who'd been writing a lot. Um, and I think part of it, I think we're all natural storytellers. We kind of have to be, you know, you you start talking about something and you have to, you have to build the story. You have to tell people, okay, yeah, I was outside waiting for the truck to come when it ran into my house. Um, you know, we're all telling stories, but, And and as little kids, we love telling the, you know, I am the ruler of the universe story. It's almost always that way. Hey, look, everybody, you know, gave me superpowers and I'm running around the place beating up Tyrannosaurus Rexes. As we get older, most people don't want to listen to those stories anymore. And so we have to get more sophisticated. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So I started writing. Actually, I started writing when I was 12 or 13. I earned my first typewriter. By learning how to touch type so I could write stories. And I wrote all the bad stories you can think of. Uh, there's there's a class of story <laughs> in, in the science fiction world called a tomato surprise. Oh, um, shit. The best example of that is the original Planet of the Apes, where at the very end, Charlton Heston comes around a corner and sees the, you know, the destroyed Statue of Liberty. And it's like, oh, my gosh, it was Earth all the time. <laughs> That's a tomato surprise story. Uh, and, you know, when you're 12 or 13, you think that way. Not everybody. I mean, there are people out there who are, who are massively well-published authors at 12 and 13. I wasn't one of those. Um So that's kind of where I started. I made my first sale when, and and there's a story back here, I made my first story when a a great guy named Bill Fawcett basically twisted my arm or offered me money. You know, money is kind of helpful. Uh, Bill Fawcett's a really interesting guy. At one point, I was on a panel um, with Armin Shimmerman, who played, um, uh, what was it, Quark in in Star Trek uh, Deep Space Nine. And uh, Will Wheaton, who played Ensign Crusher in in The Next Generation. And, and the question was, well, what got you into writing? And I said something like nepotism, because my, my mom, you know, is a, yeah. a, a famous author. Uh, and then it went over to Armin. He said, well, actually, it was Bill Fawcett who got me to write. First, he went, yeah, you know what? Actually, it was Bill Fawcett who got me to write, too. And Will Wheaton, who's in between us, starts writing in big letters, No Bill Fawcett. So that's kind (laughs) of how it started. Um,
3: Yeah, that's a great
0: story. And there's a coda coda to that story, which is kind of weird. I always intended to recap the story to Will and introduce him to the actual Bill Fawcett that he'd made the note of No Bill Fawcett. But I didn't do it quite right. So Bill, thinking that he that I primed, Will Wheaton comes up and says, "Hi, I'm Bill Fawcett." Will Wheaton's going like, "Huh?" Um, <laughs> so one of these days I'll get the two of them and I'll get it all sorted out. But it was kind of like, oh, "Oh my gosh,
1: Will's um, a little strange." He's definitely, <laughs> he's definitely, he's definitely <laughs> he's, you know, I mean, he's uh, a
0: character, right?
1: Well, I didn't <laughs> even know he was doing these after shows, right? Uh-huh. On on all of these different Star Treks, like what four different Star Trek he's doing yeah. after shows on, so. One afternoon, I'm like, what the, what? Then I seen us, Well, I'm going to go, oh, my God. <laughs> okay, guys, I love Will Wheat, but he is a little weird. Does not just say. You know, I've seen him in Big Bang. I've seen him in a lot of different things, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And he can act. He's just a little weird. And he needs help dressing. He dressed like a 12-year-old. sorry. <laughs> I wrote a thing. I'm, was, I'm
0: not going to throw shade at Will Wheaton. I, I said, dress.
1: I said, <laughs> well, hey, no, no, no so you still dressing, but Will is. Oh I, I, uh, I, I dropped on a blog one day. I said, Will, uh, let your wife dress you, dude. Come on. <laughs> put, your, put your grown-up pants on and get on TV. You, you're with some pretty big stars here, man. Come on now. <laughs> and, and I like him. He's just a little strange. It's all. Well, no, well, uh, Stephanie. Now y'all can come in the chat when we—it's uh, open. I mean, if you're on any of the um, YouTube or um, Facebook pages, yeah, it'll, it'll pop. When you text, it'll pop into the chat with us. If not, everybody else is. I've been getting usually on Messenger, but you know, either way, it doesn't matter. I can see both my screens, and I got a big, huge, forty-inch screen in front of me, so y'all can just message me away. Uh,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Wait, wait, where's he from? Ireland. What about Ireland? You oh, from Ireland? Oh, okay. No, wait. No, no, no. We, we,
0: there's a, there's a long story there, too. Oh, I was it out born it. in Montclair, New Jersey, moved to Wilmington, Delaware, then moved up to Long Island. And then in 1970, uh, my mom and my sister and I moved to Ireland and I did high school over there.
2: That or as they call
0: it, secondary school. Well, you, you know, when you're when you're 14 years old, the world ends when you do magic, massive boos like oh, that. Oh, yeah, it's like, no. oh my god, no, no. this is it. You know, they don't have electricity over there. I'm sure of it because I was so well educated as a 14 year old. Um, and and you know, after a while, I started getting there. Looking back now, I was like, wow this is a great experience. But when you're there and you're a teenager, I mean, when you're a teenager anyway, life is hard. Uh, But so yeah, I spent time in Ireland. I actually got my first degree, a degree in mechanical engineering in Ireland um, and learned a lot. Learned a lot that was, what was really interesting there was they speak with a different accent. They also have, you know, we all, we speak English, we can understand each other, but barely. there's a difference. <laughs> there, well, like, it depends. Like you're talking to are you talking about somebody from Belfast? Yeah, oh, then you
1: got a real problem. Well, I've done uh, a lot of interviews over there, man. And it's bad because I you know, I got a pretty bad accent myself, yeah. so I'm not throwing any shade. But so I'm on, I'm on one night. This guy is he's he's Scottish actually. I mean his accent is just like gravity oh, deep. Yeah. And of course, I was a little Ben had been doing radio for about six hours, so my voice was kind of so it was like, what? Huh? What? That's the whole interview. It was two hours. Of, huh? What? Huh? And, and actually, well, neither one of us know what the hell the, the other one said. But anyway, but 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 for science
0: fiction, it ends up being really great because I ended up understanding what it was like to be an alien. You know, understanding
1: it's a good way of looking at a, it.
0: that. The way you talk and communicate does not necessarily mean the same thing as the way you're understood. Uh, so it was it was pretty cool so I spent oh gosh I was there from 1970 to 1985 um, and then I came out to I LA see. yeah and well oh, so was, did you do some college in the Army. I, I did college in Ireland as well I got my, my first degree from Trinity College Dublin uh, in, in mechanical engineering and came out to LA trying to get a job in aerospace which didn't work out so well uh, ended up getting a job. I got seduced by the dark side of the force. Mm, I, I got a job in software, um, <laughs> and if you've ever written software, you know what I, I mean. Know what mean. It's, I it's like, mean. oh wow, it is so addicting. I hate so it, right? I can't
1: do it. I hate it. I had oh, love it. Well, I, you know because. People, all right, people. I hate to date myself here, but I started before there was this, this thing called Windows, okay? When everything was in DOS and everything was in HTML and everything was freaking nightmare. You want to go to a website? Yeah, it was like two paragraphs to get there. No, I'm not kidding you, people. And that was a lousy type. Oh, yeah. So it's like 25 minutes later, I'm finally to where I'm going. I still remember that Monkey, Monkey Kong game, the banana game. I still remember that for some reason. It was a DOS game. No, people, You, serious. That was not for beginners. You should kiss Bill Gates's butts for introducing y'all <laughs> to 3.0. No, no, 3.0 is the first one y'all really got to yeah. use. Uh us other people got some other version, beta versions that were out there we could play with, but uh Whoa, yeah, and, Windows and 286. I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. There was there was a couple of things. Huh. What do you mean? What? are not talking? What are you talking about? What is my favorite version of Windows?
0: <laughs> hey, is there? <sighs> Uh, well, you know, we also have Steve Jobs to thank. There's a yes, lot of we do. people swear by Mac and the Macintosh interface.
1: Actually, uh, I love a good Mac. The problem is they're just too proprietary. They cost too much to run.
0: Uh, I, I've built six computers, seven, oh, yeah. something like that, and you know, I can run I can run Linux on it, or I can run Windows. So I'm generally running Windows on my mm-hmm. on my machines.
1: Well, I had what was the version of Linux? I had the uh, the Windows version of Linux. What did they call it? Well,
0: there's some Windows of
1: them. or something. What the, there was oh. a name though.
0: Uh, what oh the wow, name? there was it one was called. A... Okay. The, the latest one was called Ubuntu, I think. Oh, well,
1: no, I don't think I was one of those. That, but
0: okay, it's
1: uh, it, but I, yeah, because you know in the old days I used to because you could do more with them, and wow. then I found that with Windows XP that if you got the corporate version, they left them unlocked, so you could actually Fair go in and edit the version. So, even though I'm on Windows, well, this one's 11, the other one's 10, and then there's mm-hmm. two with 8.1. Every, matter of fact, every computer in the studio I built, um, wow. they all are unlocked. So, I can actually go in and edit the uh, software itself. Yeah, you can actually do that, people, but you got to get the corporate version. Now you ain't getting the pro version. I can let you do it on the pro version. Because wow. obviously, if you're using a pro version, you don't know how to edit the software, so they don't want you messing with it. <laughs> no, it's not easy. You think I'm playing around, yeah. it's not, it's a pain in the ass. You you just screw up one registry and poof you'll be some nightmare from hell, buddy. Um, reinstalling, uh, yes, that's what you'll yeah. be doing. Reinstalling, you'll be taking it off. And these days they don't even like to give you a disk anymore. So yeah, uh, so you see, like I can, yeah, no, I got every disk there is. <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, Do I could use it? I could I can even go back and install um a second edition on your computer. Wow. I, I don't know what you'd do with it. It'd be like Turtles. Well, it's on uh, NT4 anyway, so you couldn't use it on yeah. those computers now. Uh, so oh, <laughs> Jessica goes, well, you didn't find a wife while you were over there and, and with that sexy uh, American accent in Ireland? What's
0: oh, no, 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 no. No, I did not. Um, and, and American oh, accents are, are s- sexy depending upon who you're talking, talking
1: you know, to. I agree yeah, with that. You
0: know? I spent. I, I joined the army while I was f- from Ireland. I joined the U.S. Army. Spent four years in Germany, and I the, the first three weeks I was in boot camp. Everybody was saying, "Say something! You've got that cute accent." <laughs> I learned. I dropped that accent three weeks, you know, flat. Oh, and yeah. I was I was doing the Fort Knox drawl. You know, I was up in the mud up to my hubcaps, that know. sort of stuff.
1: By the time uh, I got to tech school, you couldn't even tell where I came from. Uh, people yep. are like. It's like, what's your accent? I said, don't ask me. It's it's screwed now. <laughs> it's a little Bostonian, there, a little Californian, there, a little UK, yeah. in there, and it's all it's messed up. And well, now it's back if, to itself. But, yeah.
0: if, I, if I go back to Ireland and I stay there for about three weeks, I start slipping into the world's worst face, fake Irish accent ever.
1: <laughs> and then when I
0: stay there for like six months, it starts slipping again and sounding American. And then about a year later, it sounds Irish and people kick me off the bus for being an idiot or something. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, accents are weird.
1: It's, it's, it's a strange thing. Well, it's, it's a, you know, it's a weird move, I mean, from America to there and then back. Uh, it, it's, I mean, there, I mean, in a lot of ways we're the same, but in a lot of ways we're way different. Um, you know, Europeans are, 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 are different than Americans are, you know, in, in a good way. It's not a bad thing. It's just <clears throat> we have different ways of looking at the world. Uh, different words mean different things. I, you know, when I'm talking to my friends from England, I'm like, "What do you mean? Speak English?" I am. I, see, I said, "No, you speak whatever that Queen's English shit is." You're not, you know, you know, not changed. I said, "Speak American." Like, what? <clears throat> I'm not speaking. Either. I said, "Speak Americans." I don't know what the hell you're saying. Because yeah. people like pipe means water. It's just different words mean different things over there than they do over here. Yeah. Uh, what? What do you mean? Like the Boston? Let's go party in a car around the con. Let me. Let me. Give me a hit off your butt. And let me go. No, come on. They do have a distinctive accent. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. What do you mean great writers out of Boston? I have no You're asking the wrong You can ask Todd that. <laughs> I have no clue.
0: There, there are a lot of them. Um, actually, one of my favorites, I'm, I'm happy to plug, uh, if you like young adult books and you haven't run across Carlos Hernandez's Saul and Gabi Break the Universe you owe it to yourself to check it out. I am um, He's got a second one out called Saul and Gabi Fix the Universe, and I think they should be made into either a TV series or movies. They're just freaking awesome.
1: Um, yeah, I'll check them out, guys.
0: Yeah, so, and and he's based in Boston, I know, because he goes to a Boscon. Uh, my mom grew up, she was born in Brookline, Massachusetts, and she grew up in the outskirts of Brooklyn and went to Radcliffe. <laughs> um, so she knew a fair bit, but she'd lost her, her Boston accent a long before I was born. We moved to Germany for six months when I was six years old. Dad got a corporate posting over there. So we went over there, and I learned what my mom used to call Gekauft Deutsch, which means bought German or shopping German. <laughs> uh, and it was really cool. I, I was in an actual German school with German kids, and I was lucky that my, my teacher had spent – world war two in england uh, and so she spoke english but the rest of the kids you know we we had to figure out how to talk um yeah. and my and wife think, my
1: wife was over at two two or three issues of military brand she was over there. oh I yeah think, uh, uh i think it was two two or three issues over there she spoke fluid her when she got back oh, wow,
0: well, yeah it's gone
1: yeah you know, come you know back. You know you don't use it. yeah if you use it start using it again well, well uh because i'll mess with it when they're speaking german She's like, what, are you saying? what are you saying she said, just reads it uh <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, I'm like, uh, and I hate, actually, you know, a lot of my friends like to run it, let it, let the text run underneath the, uh, this the closed caption run underneath the screen. It makes me crazy. Like, right? turn that off, people. Uh, wow. if I wanted to read, I'd go get a book.
0: <laughs> yeah. But for some people, I got a number of friends for whom those closed captions too. are, are just like, they're the only way they can get through stuff. Um, uh, it's weird. They got, well, they got, auditory processing issues Hmm. so they can hear stuff, but it's coming too fast for them to process it. So the closed captions save their, their butts.
1: Well, they're there for, Uh, you know, and and because I know my, uh, I think it's my uh, daughter-in-law likes to use it. She's got it on all the time. I said, I will kill you. (laughs) I said, turn it off because it distracts me. I want to look down at the stupid stroll going by instead of watching a movie or TV. And, uh, uh, okay hold on mike calm down god y'all get texting like crazy fools sometimes um mike mike's actually from houston texas oh he's writing and he said he said he wanted to know who your favorite author is today other than yourself i think that was the that was the
3: easy
0: one well i mentioned carlos hernandez i like his stuff um i read all over the place i've been recently reading up a lot of history about world war one and the origins more importantly of world war one I. I and world war one was just a, a freaking nightmare oh, uh nice. and it was a nightmare caused by a bunch of babies who were bickering and trying to be so cool with each other you know kings and 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 tyrants and stuff it's just wow um but So all over the place, Uh, if you want to read historical, I've been very impressed with William Manchester's writing. Uh, If you're talking science fiction, you know, where do you start? I mean, if you have never read science fiction, then you might want to jump into Robert Heinlein from way back when. Um, Isaac Asimov, also from way back when. Uh, One of the books I consider seminal, meaning that it covers kind of everything that makes science fiction what it is today. Is an old book by James Blish called Cities in Flight, and it's actually four books in one, but it's it's amazing. You know, sort of everything you see and today in Star Trek or or uh, Orville or any of that stuff is going to be influenced by this guy. Um, you know, Dune is another great book. I, as, oh, as a yeah. fourteen year old, as a fourteen year old boy, God, Dune's I went through Dune. I went through it again and again and again. I will, you know, of course, mention Anne McCaffrey because she had some pretty good books. <laughs> she did. I, I, you know, his mom was really... pretty
1: famous, guys. If you yeah. if, if you don't know, I mean, it depends what age you are. But if you don't know, just type her on the internet; it'll come right up. Yeah. It's um, it's well, yeah. Just type it in; you'll find out. Yes.
0: First book is Dragon Flight, all one word. Um, and the the fun thing about that is my mom. She was writing in the sixties and the fifties and, and, and beyond. Uh and at that time the official the perceived wisdom was that women can't write science fiction.
1: Mm, that was a now, bad perception.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, well, mom kind of proved them wrong. So she wrote science fiction. She never wrote anything else. But people will pick up Pern and they'll read it or a Dragonflight and they'll go, Well, this is fantasy. And it's like, uh, wait until you get to Dragonstone. Um it seems like fantasy. It's it's set on a world whose technology is devolved, um, and you know people love it, people hate it. Uh, it's I, it I,
1: always isn't sci-fi, though.
0: Yeah, well, it's, I think it's always in everything. I, I'm.
1: Yeah, it is. I, it's cool, not just sci-fi.
0: You know, and that's fair enough. Some things work for people, and some things don't. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't run across Roger Zelazny, another old writer, and um, Lord of Light. You might like to pick that one up. Uh, what have I been reading recently? I, I'm all over the place recently. I just read... Um, nope, it's gone. <laughs> no, I was I, re-
1: have I, uh, uh, it.
0: I I've been rereading Rick Riordan with the, the Lightning Thief series and all. Uh, those are really fun young adult books. Um, you know, now we have uh, Dr. Akora. Korafor has been writing some amazing stuff including Binti. Uh, I just... Science fiction exploded in the '70s, '80s. Um, so it's all over the place now. It used to be science fiction was, you know, guys with space blasters, and and that was it. It's all over the place. It's you know, uh, uh, we're we're getting over to you know cozy science fiction murder mysteries. Uh, so you know, it, the nice thing about science fiction is it takes. It's officially the idea is it takes the world as we know it. And adds one impossible thing. Uh, like, you know, faster than light travel. So technically, Star Wars is not science fiction, it's fantasy. Don't tell George Lucas or you know, ask him to give up any Disney of his might dollars. money bag, man. <laughs> <laughs> give
1: me my money back. Wait, he sold this aside. Give me my money back. Yeah, I mean the, the truth uh, is if
0: it's a good story, it's a good story. Um, yeah. one of the coolest things that's happened is that fantasy got big. Um And nowadays, science fiction writers all over the place are saying, well, you know, really, science fiction is a subset of fantasy. Um, I mean, one of the cool things about science fiction is over time, it either becomes fantasy or it becomes what we're carrying in our pockets. Uh, It becomes our world, Uh, which is one of the things I do love about science fiction is kind of looking and saying, okay, so what if, you know, what if aliens came, you know, um, what if, uh, you know, artificial intelligence came into existence? Um, and I disagree with Elon Musk on that. It's not clear to me at all that artificial intelligence will even interact with humans. It, it, as any more than, you know, we spend a lot of time chasing down ants. Uh, well, why, why? On our planet, just
1: depends when it evolves. Or when, uh, it, when, how. It, when it actually happens. And how. Yeah. Yeah, and how, yeah. And how it happens. It, yeah. There's a lot of ifs when it comes to that. And, uh, and, yeah. you know, hopefully somebody figures out how to keep it from killing us because sooner or later it's going to think, oh, you know, I don't really need these damn humans cluttering I, up my planet. Again,
0: again it's kind of like, I mean, I don't go out of my way trying to kill ants. If they crawl in my house, it's a different yeah, story.
1: Yeah, and they bite me Yeah, and I stomp them well, like they're Totally, dust.
0: totally. Actually, but, okay, I can't say know, that.
1: I, I have I have roots, so I go out with this stuff, and I have no ant mounds on my properties anyway. Yes, right. but I actively hunt and be honest. Right, but, but again, but, uh,
0: you know, it's kind of like – it may well end up that that we're, you know, just uh, that, that artificial intelligence doesn't even think like us.
1: Well, I'm sure it's not going to. But if I'm the great intelligence and I'm stationed in London and Moscow, I don't want that big stupid Ferrisville obstructing my view. So it's got to go. <laughs> it's uh, I'm gonna have to do some rearranging. <laughs> it's uh, you know, yeah. See, I don't uh, be right no sci-fi. It's evil, know. dark well, sci-fi.
0: Okay, so if you want to go and for an example of a good artificial intelligence shameless plug, read my book L A E L L A Y. Um and and that'll give you, you know, an alternative view to the, oh my gosh, aliens are going to or sorry, um artificial intelligences are going to eat us all. Um yeah. It's so,
1: a 50-50 show, man. I don't you know uh, people ask me all the time, what do you think? What do you think? So, I said so personally I'm not really worried about it I, I figure AI is quite a far distance in a distant future. No people. The kind of AI they're talking about right now and the kind of AI you see in the sci-fi are two entirely different things. Uh, They're talking about all governing, all controlling AI on sci-fi. What we have today is not that one. It's not going to be that interconnected for probably 50 or 100 years. It's not going to be connected to our nukes and the Russian nukes and everybody else's nukes. That's not going to happen. <laughs> they're different systems. They're, they're not even interconnected in any ways. And a lot of our stuff in the United States, too, especially for making war, is not connected to the internet. Like yep. the actual missile silos do not have an internet connection to them. So yep. you can't, you can't, you know, they can't be hacked and shot into space. You have to go there and physically hack them. So and again, I mean, it'd be, yeah, sorry,
0: go I was going to say again, it'd be kind of like why. I know, I know. Uh, you know, you remember, the. you might have seen the old movie from years back, War Games, which examined this. And at the end, the, the, the artificial intelligence said, this is a stupid game. Nobody can win. Um,
1: and not just that. Know? People forget. Electronics are electronics. And EMP pulses <laughs> uh, Yeah. You know, maybe, yeah. maybe maybe the computer's way on the ground and shielded somewhere intensely. Yeah. But the whole top of the planet's is going to be irradiated. and, and It's yeah. not a good place for electronics of any any sorts. Yeah. Everything would have to be heavily shielded. So it is right. It is a no-win situation for AI, for us, and everybody else. Now they could evict us and say, look, we found you another planet. Get the hell off of this (laughs) one. Yeah,
0: go settle on Mars. (laughs) That's right.
1: We'll show you how to colonize Mars and and make Mars a planet. Or go to Venus, get the bleep off. You know, I was talking with uh, Michio Keiko. This is about 15 years ago, 14 years ago. And I said, you know, Michio, if we could just figure out, if we could just drag a big pipe from Venus all the way to Mars, we could use Venus's greenhouse gas to warm Mars and give it an atmosphere and <laughs> thicken <laughs> it up so we could walk around it without pressure suits. And he was like, you know, that's true, huh? He said, I wonder if we could do like an electronic field or something that would... Because it's true. I mean, if you could get all that greenhouse gas there, it would it would super heat the atmosphere, but it's more than that. It would melt the ice caps. But for for the initial colonists, we, we don't need to breathe. We can use apparatus to breathe, but we need pressure so we don't have to wear them damn suits all the time when we're working so if you can bring up the pressure like five millibars or ten millibars on mars you don't have to wear suits all you'll have to wear is a breathing apparatus you won't even you can just wear regular clothes uh it'll be a different kind of uh you know a different kind of thing plus once you get that super green greenhouse <clears throat> greenhouse gas in the atmosphere it'll block out the radiation coming in the planet and it's farther away from the sun so there's not as much uh it's a different kind anyway but it, it it's an easy way of doing it. One guy actually went to NASA, and NASA's actually thinking about this. They want to build these machines on Mars. All they do is ride around and eat dirt and burn dirt and create carbon uh, to thicken the atmosphere. Uh, to, so that way, if you build an atmosphere underneath it, it keeps it on the planet. Because Mars has got another problem, people. It don't have much gravity.
0: Well... And- I mean, The biggest problem is it doesn't have an electromagnetic field around it. It doesn't mm-hmm. have the Van Allen belts. Mm-hmm. Without the Van Allen belts, all of the hydrogen in our atmosphere would just float off to space, and then mm-hmm. all the other heavier elements would float off, and we'd be Mars.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, that was one of the first ones. The other one, I'm, honestly, I, I would not go to Mars. Uh, I'd be quite happy to see us set up colonies on the moon, because that's a great place to be wrong in and then after that the place that i'd say to go to is the asteroid belts because there's so much riches out there you look at um 16 psyche which apparently is worth more than what was it seventy five thousand years worth of all of our combined yeah, work there, there's, there's
1: lots of there's nickel uh, iron asteroids that are worth a yeah. hundred trillion dollars it's, it's ridiculous yeah. amounts but you have to have mars in order to mine the asteroid belt you have to have colonies on mars because you're not going to haul all that ore back here and process it here. But you could process it on Mars. And that would also help to thicken the atmosphere on Mars. So you could do a two-for-one. Mars is a lot closer to the asteroid belt. It would be easier. The gravity, the lack of gravity on Mars would make it easier to transport things back and forth. It would also be easier when you did refine it to launch it back to Earth. Um, a lot of people have been talking about this for a long time. You know, I've been preaching this for 30 years. When I first started doing radio, I used to tell people all the time, You want to see the space grow? You want to see us get into deep space? You want to see us really get into it? Privatize space. Finally, finally, after 30 years of bitching, we privatize space. And in less than seven years, we've got four different space programs launching all over the damn place. Between three of them, they're expected to launch more than 300 launches this year. That's 10 times more than the whole world combined, including us, including the American launches. Uh, These three companies, these four companies are going to launch that many launches this year it's ridiculous. And well, they want to go, go out there. They, um, the current, well, the, the U.S. Air Force and Navy plan was to put a platform on the moon. Then a, they want to put a platform that's called Zone L11. It's where it's a straight shot through the solar system. So it's the shortest way to get to anywhere in the solar system. Plus, it's the place where that weird wind starts. that pushes the solar wind, comes through. It comes right through there. So they wanted to put one there. And then, of course, they want to put one on Mars. And they're talking about several in the asteroid field like every major asteroid will probably have some kind of refinery on it or some kind of mining going on it. Uh, they definitely plan on that. And then as we get out further and further and further, we'll do that more and more. Cause when we get to Jupiter, you know, IO and Titan are definitely going to have uh, we're going to definitely Titan for sure. We're going to put a, a, a colony on and what's Europa, the water world. We're definitely going to put yeah. one there. Um, when we get out to Pluto. Now we found Pluto's alive. We'll probably put one there. Maybe put one in a year on. We'll put something out in, in the uh, Oort cloud. And then uh, we'll put something out between us and Proxima Centauri. That gets us halfway to Proxima then. And if you just go to Proxima, it's 1.75 light years from the center to Proxima. So it's only 3.8 light years from here. But it's a nice, you know, i talked about this with Mitchell KQ and Neil LeGrasse and Paul LeVette about the stepping stone theory from here to outside of our solar system. And you can do it. You can build it with current technologies and you can be to Proxima Centauri in eight years using the technologies we have today and never have to be on a ship all the time. So you'd launch, you'd stop off on Mars for a while, you'd launch, you'd stop off on Io for a while, you'd launch, you'd stop off on Sharon for a while, you'd launch, you'd stop at the, the one uh, halfway to Proxima, and you'd probably take a couple of months rest, and then the next leg of the trip, which would be about two and a half years to Proxima. It's it's I, very doable. It's very scarable, too. And <laughs> you ain't sending me out there right now. Did, did, um, you ever, did you ever run
0: across Gerard K. O'Neill's space settlements back in the 70s? He was talking about being building really huge rotating space stations mm-hmm. that could have a hundred thousand people on them.
1: Oh, we're gonna we're gonna build hotels. What we're gonna build, but yeah, we're gonna build. Yeah,
0: well, I th- I kind of think that we should be looking at building ourselves kind of the the rotating space station Conestoga wagon that we can pull anywhere and we can live in it. Uh, and so we could we could you know pull our, our little space station out to the asteroid belt and do whatever we want, and that'd be where we live, just like we go camping. Um,
1: and they might they're going to build see we already know if mars has to build one because you can't you can't breed on mars unless you have a 1g environment somewhere where that baby can grow up in a 1g environment because if not it's going to be deformed so nasa's already talked about the,
0: uh, wait a minute where do you get that data from
1: they already proved that you can't every time they bring anything into space and they no, let no, it, they're
0: leaving they're leaving it microgravity yeah, Joe, they're, they're leaving, but, it but no, they're just, like,
1: we're, it, all it's going to be is, and people talk about this all the time because Mars is one sixth of one no, third. That's Mar- one, 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 one we third don't
0: Earth. know, we don't know, we know that microgravity is something we can't live in for a long time. We don't know if we can live in lunar gravity or if we can live in Mars gravity.
1: L- lunar there's, gravity there's, probably there's, is going to be tough because it's only one sixth, but I don't uh, know,
0: we, we don't know yet. We haven't tried it, we haven't really explored it. We've never had anybody up on the moon first as long as we've had people up in the ISS
1: that's true and uh, but we have we have launched projects that have stayed uh, near near our gravity just with one half and they've deformed so um, not they'll have like weird legs one, uh, one of the, one of the monkeys they did it wasn't even a monkey what was it? a little tiny thing its arms it had arms and legs but they were just longer uh, this is like, this
0: is interesting to me. Yeah. I don't I'm not aware of Oh yeah, this there's study. been several and uh, because China, China did know. a couple, Russia did a couple. I don't know how you can USA. get a half of gravity unless you're, unless you're
1: It's uh some kind of drag coalition. They were talking about how they did it. And um it's, loved, uh, I'd love I'd love to it's, see did you see this? I'll, you it's know what? It's um wasn't last time I even heard about it. I was I was watching uh, uh oh I was watching the uh NASA channel. It, uh-huh. Uh, probably eight or ten months ago and uh-huh. they were talking about it <clears throat> they were talking about because first they were talking about the egg experiment if you all know the egg is they tried hatching chickens in space it was a disaster no legs oh
0: dear <laughs> the wings they, that were, they, were
1: rounded they, on the head it was a, it was a, a, a disaster for the chicken but they but did they were grow
0: crops in in lunar soil yeah. just recently yeah so that was that was interesting um you know, we again. This is a lot. It's kind of a shame that we gave up on the Apollo program so darn early. No. Um uh, shame was- that they
1: were paid for, and we gave. There's something. There's always been something suspicious about that. We had these pre. What was it? Uh, eighteen, nineteen, and twenty were bought and paid for, and we scrapped them.
0: We turned him into Skylab.
1: Yeah, it, we we were just. I'm like, uh, I think
0: I'm afraid. I think that was political. I I'm afraid. I I agree.
1: I think it was political. Well, I, I think one the, one the president
0: of, didn't want to have to you know follow on in the footsteps of another. So he he yeah. had NASA invent something cute, which was Space Lab Skylab yeah, rather Skylab. Yeah, and it Skylab was it was a waste of time.
1: Skylab was a waste of time. I hate to, yeah. I I hate I hate to say that, but it's well, well, Christopher, in a way, the space shuttle was a waste of time. It's a stepping stone, is what the space shuttle is.
3: Well, um, It was a great project.
1: Was... It, it gave hope to America to get its back in the space. Anything that gives us hope is never a waste of time. Anything that I'm... gives hope is never a waste of time. That and I liked is... a lot. Of, I,
0: I was going to say, that is something you, you ought to put up in big quotes. Anything that gives us hope is is worth it. Uh, because we need a lot of hope nowadays. Especially,
1: especially nowadays. Yes, we do. Yeah, It wasn't so... as bad when I was young, but it seems to be word worse now.
0: Yeah, but is that really because it's so or is it because you and I were older and we can look at stuff more and go, oh, wait a minute, you
3: know,
0: could it just be we were too dumb when we were younger to realize how that's probably true
1: were? too because my dad used to bitch all the time, this world is so blank, 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 yeah. blank. Yeah. But I moved yeah. around a lot, you know. Uh, my my we owned a real estate company, we owned a real estate company in five restaurants and we what he would do is we would buy up some land, build ten houses, sell them all, and when the last one was selling, he'd already started building some more, and then we would just move. Man, wow. one year I changed schools three times in one year. Oh my like, gosh. I'm like, dad, I'm gonna kill you. Stop <laughs> it. And, and um, you know, and then I went to I forgot I lost the count was between uh kindergarten and when I got out of high school, twenty four different schools. How about this? I was like and, and we were moving all over the place. And sometimes we'd because sometimes a house wouldn't be ready, so we'd move into an apartment for like six months or rent a house for six months and then when a house was ready it was in a different school zone. Huh. And I was like, really? Oh, man. It made me get, I'll tell you what. And then finally, my dad said, okay, I'm just going to, they had me in Catholic school twice, but I got myself thrown out because I, I was, <laughs> no, it's not that I'm an anti-God people, G's and Pete's. And no, I just was anti-nuns. Okay. The <laughs> nuns are vicious, man. God, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Nuns are vicious.
0: Did you, did they ever do the whole thing with the ruler in your, palm? oh yeah.
1: I got smacked many times, man. Oh, I just, my
0: gosh. Yeah. It's,
1: uh, so, so then my dad said, okay, I'm going to put you in private school. Private school is great. Yeah. I uh, I learned way more. The teachers were way better. Uh, I had I got an education. What I learned in five years there, I, would, I could have went to public school for my entire life and not learned any of that. Yeah. Well, yeah. well one is we, we had to go to opera. We had uh, so we had we They would not just they bring us to the opera and they would bring us to the ballet and they would bring us to rock concerts. They Ooh. wanted us to have a really good background. We were we had to do a book a week the entire time I was in private school.
3: Uh-huh. Oh yes,
1: yes. So in the beginning, I really sucked bad. I remember when I did the red fern grows. Teachers, I can't even read this. <laughs> so, um but over the years, I got better and better. But it was one classical week is what we were required to read, and it would be anything, whatever the teacher Mrs. Fall picked. Uh, she was a great English teacher, and whatever she picked uh, is what we read, and then we did. We, we had it all week, and then we turned and report the following day, following Monday, oh, yeah. and it was a. Uh, it was a great way to learn about books, a great way to get people interested in reading. And she always managed to pick interesting books. because uh, you know she was these were junior high to high school students and you, you gotta keep our attention and you know, some books are just not gonna do that, you know. Yeah. It's not like watching TV or a movie where ah, I, matter of fact, I was just bitching about JJ Abrams yesterday. I said like JJ, try some content in your movies now, dude. Stop blowing shit up and put some content in the damn thing. Oh, you mean
3: him.
0: special effects, special yeah,
1: effects, special effects, special He's effects. Just, at the end. I mean, where's the movie, man? I'm like, stop yeah. it. i yeah. like just, just. I liked him in the beginning. Now, not so much because now, to me, all of his movies are the same movie. Yeah. Uh, just, just let's blow some shit up, and and the guy wins in the end, or the girl wins in the end. But any, anyway, it's it's basically the same movie.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, what do you mean? Does 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 Todd like Star Trek? I heard he mentioned I, Orville. Does he like Or I like Orville? You like Orville? I
0: I, I like Orville. Uh, I, shouldn't have I, grew mentioned, with, shouldn't, I grew up, I grew I shouldn't up have with been. Star Trek. I mean Star, yeah, Trek I was, that Star Trek was kind of the thing that, that allowed all us geeks to come out of the corner at some level. And then of course yeah, Star did. Wars. Star Wars really blew the gates open and it's like, oh wow, you can be a nerd and and you know,
1: you know, that's a that's a weird thing, by the way. So we a couple of weeks ago we had somebody call in and ask who made him more money, Star Wars or Star Trek. Well, this was weird. So Star Wars makes more money with the movies, but Star Trek makes more money with the series. I was confused completely. Wow. I was like, How can that be? I said, Y'all have divided them up like that. I guess so Star Trek could have some some fame on making. I mean, they got fourteen movies. I mean, you know, but Star Wars the last couple movies were big people. I mean yeah. You mean a new Star Wars? Who's gonna be Captain Pike I could go for in a movie? Yeah, like he's that. really
0: good, isn't he? He is, he's they good. They did a great he, job he, yeah. with him. That's Oh, that's, and I, I
1: really love cool. – so this executive on TV talking about how Pike came around to be. He said, you know, we brought him in. He was talking about the actor. We brought him in to play on Discovery blah, 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 blah. And then we realized we may have a hit series on our hands
3: with <laughs> this guy.
1: So we offered him a contract. He said, my boss was like, dude, he's good. We need to sign him yeah. to a contract. And, and then the strange new world starts. Strange It's – it's been a good series so far. Yep, oh, yep. Okay, let me explain before anybody goes watching and starts hating. It's going to be based like the original Star Trek was. Every week is going to be a different scenario. It's not going to be like Picard. It's not going to be like Discovery where you have these endless things going on. Okay, It's not how it is. Uh, it's going to be a different show every week, just like the original series. But I like it like gonna,
0: that. It, it's exploring the characters really nicely. It is. Um, and, and it builds off of the story that ended in season four. Three was it of Discovery or season two? I can't remember now. I think it was season uh,
1: three when they yeah. when they went to the future. Yeah, because yeah. Spock yeah. came back. Yeah, I think it was yeah. season three.
0: Yeah, uh, and it, it did a really cool thing with with uh, a backstory of Spock we didn't know about. Yeah. Um, so they're doing they're doing some some fun stuff. Um, oh, no
1: don't start, Jimmy. Discovery what? is not Star Trek. No, oh, you're not going to. Uh, 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 um, no, um, I don't it's, agree it's, with that. It's, I, I don't. I don't think- consider it real Star Trek. I consider it sci-fi <laughs> so, to well, just I, too many things they, they got away from canon on it's like it's you know what it is it's like star trek like the the, the new dimension star trek where it's in an alternate reality because man just what they did with the the klingon war was enough to say okay you're not even worth watching anymore i mean it was, could, it
0: was interesting
1: because you know we have the klingon war in canon already they changed it completely and then there's the thing with well. the mushroom drive
0: yeah, well, the so mushroom drive well, was uh, kind of fun, but but to be to be <laughs> fair, you already you already had that with the endless uh, number of Star Trek movie reboots, you know. Well, I'm gonna get you know the, just, uh,
1: oh my god, uh, that geez. was
0: kind of like and the whole thing with with uh, uh, Kirk getting command of the ship because Star Trek uh, because Spock got ticked off.
1: I know you know
0: you don't give a fresh ensign the command of a freaking starship,
1: not one, There's not no a, way. not a flagship, especially. No, no, it's it was kind of like, they, they, it was they, a, yeah, so well, overdone. but that was a big, you know. The only reason I think that even got accepted is because it's alternate, you know, it's a multiverse thing. Yeah,
2: well, it's in whatever. a different
1: universe. I didn't personally. I was not a big fan of. I wasn't a big fan of uh. blowing a Vulcan either. I am not going to lie. I was kind of like, wait, we blew. Why did we blow a Vulcan? What the hell's going on here? Why what yeah. the hell we blow a Vulcan for? Uh, that that kind of bothered me. Jimmy, well, he didn't you didn't know, like two Spocks. I thought the guy playing Spock did a good job. I'm not going to lie, but
0: uh, you uh, mean Ethan Peck? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I, he's I, I, he's yeah, Gregory he's Peck's grandkid.
1: I didn't know that. It, it's yeah. no, he did a good job. I'm not, I no people. So. All right, look, I'm not hating on new Star Trek. It's fun to watch, but when you hear me talk about Star Trek, like Discovery and, and those shows, to me, yes, they were, they have the name Star Trek and, and they try to do Star Trek. But one, no Star Trek series would anybody be allowed to curse on board the ship? They would be thrown off the ship. Star Trek, and it no, wouldn't even matter what military you're in, you're not going to be allowed to do that. You will be tossed off the craft immediately. Even in today's Navy, if you were on deck or on, on flight or doing anything and you used any curse word, your ass would be off the deck. Uh, they don't allow that. It's it's a strict code, man. Uh, and that's always been with Star Trek. It's always been like that. Matter of fact, the two biggest complaints with Picard is that he cursed and he cursed. And then yeah was serious. <laughs> yeah, don't, look, I don't, I don't personally have a, a problem with people cursing. It's just... First, I when it was a little the little fat girl. I liked her. I thought she was sweet. I thought she was going to be a good. I hated to see her leave, but she had a foul mouth. And no captain on any ship is going to let you talk like that down the bridge. They will crucify your ass for that. It's not. There was just a lot of stuff. So I've always categorized Discovery as good sci-fi because I don't want people not to watch it. A friend of mine goes, "Well, if you keep talking like that, they're going to watch it." I said, "No, I want them to watch it." I, I said, "I just don't want you to take it as canon Star Trek. Take it as Star Trek, like a multiverse Star Trek." Besides, and here's another big screw up. We already know what happened in the 29th century because one, what's his name? The doctor, that's where his mobile emitter comes from. And that's where, um, from Enterprise, what's his name came from? The, the guy from the future came from there like three different times. So they completely screwed up there. Discovery went to the 29th century, which was nothing like where the time travelers came from.
3: Huh. So that
1: was, a, that was a big F up on their part. And, and the bad part is they, they didn't even catch it for weeks later. Um, mm. So things like this, I mean, if you're going to do it and say you're part of Star Trek, then there's certain things you're going to have to stick to if you want. That's why they have such bad ratings and they can't. What's going to save the series is, is fortunately for them, is Strange New Worlds.
0: Yeah. They've
1: already got more ratings than Picard and uh, Discovery put together.
0: Well, you so, know, you got to go back. If you go back and you look at it, Star Trek only got on the air because uh, Lucille Ball
1: decided no, no. to back it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, y'all didn't and, know that, Desi Loop Productions people.
0: Yeah, and and Paramount hated it for the longest time, and now Paramount says Star Trek is the jewel in our crown. It's kind of like you guys wanted to kill it so often they killed it in the third season. They did, and and, and, it, um, and it had
1: a following. That's what was so yeah. funny. You know, it's always funny to me when you series series that obviously has a following, bite the big one. Uh, I know why Netflix does it because Netflix has got a rule: if if you stop clicking up, and they mean you know new members then you get cut. Like uh, what was it? Alter carbon. I, I think they had close to 4 million people write in to get them back on, And Netflix said, no, yeah. um, you know, alter carbon was a sci-fi that is set in the future. And it's a good sci-fi other than the fact that everybody stays naked. The entire damn movie or the, <laughs> or the series. No, I, I'm I, funny. I, it's funny, but I got a rule generally. It don't matter what TV it is. If I turn on TV and the first thing I see the first five minutes is TNA, I turn it off and go watch something else. Yeah. Because usually it turns out to be a garbage movie. In this case, you had the guy who's gonna supposed to be playing um um what's his name, Captain America. He played the second year. I forgot the other guy, he's pretty famous. Both of the actors were really famous, both of them did a great job. It's just there's just a lot of nudity in it. A lot of drugs, a lot of nudity, a lot of sex, and it's not for your kids to watch. It's great yeah. for adults, but you know, but, but all that besides the reason I liked it is because they invented these little things. Uh, that they, they, they call them stacks that they put in the back of your neck that housed all your memories. So if you got killed, all they have to do is take that out and put it into a new body and there you went. Sorry guys. Uh, I think the burglar alarm just went off and uh, yeah, it's uh you know what that is, right? They went up front and seen yourself in the in the mirror. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. That's a chihuahua for you, man. But oh uh, yeah. No d- d- no Don that's what I'm saying. If you haven't seen Discovery, you should watch it. It's fun to watch. It's it's got a lot of fun stuff in it. They got a lot of you and your woke Star Trek. Okay. You call it woke Star Trek. Okay? I, I don't care. Call it whatever you want. I'm just saying, watch it. I'm not saying if they're right or wrong, I'm not getting into politics of it. Cause I don't really care about the politics of sci-fi. I like sci-fi for sci-fi. Okay. Now you want to see politics and sci-fi go watch Babylon 5. Uh, oh, yeah. that, that's the whole series is about us in space doing politics. And that's going to be us in space too. We're going to be doing politics oh, in space. Give us, oh, yeah. give us time. Um, uh, Carol says, uh, you wouldn't go with Elon to Mars? Shame on you. What the hell was that comment about? Shame oh, well, on you.
0: So I wouldn't go, go to go. Mars because Mars is a losing prospect. You know, I want a starship. Get me off the planet. Get me out of the solar system. Let's get out there. Mars is kind of like, you know, going to the backyard shed and saying, wow, I did something cool. Uh, it's it's not and it doesn't work. Um the the, the whole issue with was...
1: so much money just to maintain yeah. not even to get ahead just to maintain is going to be a, I, I just don't know if it can be done maybe in a hundred years maybe in five, maybe if we come up with a technology that's different than what we have today but current technology is trying to terraform mars is a nightmare and we'll never well, we... make it oxygen rich all the best we can do is raise the uh the, uh the millibars on the planet so we can use it without suits I, we'll never I, it would take a thousand years of five thousand years and how you gonna you still gotta figure out how you're gonna keep the atmosphere on the planet
0: yeah well but but for me i wouldn't you know i i'm kind of a let's learn how to live in space by living on the moon we know we can actually mine stuff off the moon and we can make product there. Three. uh not only helium three we got aluminum we've got uh, oh gosh missing the name selenium uh, we got a whole bunch of products. Oh, there's a bunch up been, there. Yeah. yeah, and and water, we found that
1: too. Yeah, we know there's water um, up there.
0: And I mean, the other thing that would be really cool is to put space telescopes on the far side where we don't have all the pollution from Earth hitting us, and see what
3: else we find.
1: You know, there is there is a project in the works to put a telescope on the dark side of the moon. Yeah. It's uh, what? Oh no, actually, Bob, I'm sorry. Yes, it is. Never mind, it's military. I forgot. So, question. <laughs> que- no, I forgot. My bad. No, you're right. It is a military. So, question. Why does the military need a satellite? I mean, a
0: telescope
1: on the dark side of the moon. Why do they need that?
0: Well, that What is connect-
1: it that they're looking for?
0: Now we're getting back mm-hmm. to UFOs. Uh, yes,
1: obviously, something going on there. Well, that, it, you know where it's going to be connected to, too? It's going to be connected to Pine Cap, which is the Joint British Joint U.S. British defense of outer space, and by the way, outer space is anything beyond the moon, people. In yeah. the old days, it was anything beyond the solar system, but for some reason, they changed it to anything beyond the moon. But so, what? What do what we defend ourselves? What is out there? It's not asteroids because we actually have two different agencies that track asteroids.
0: Thanks. So
1: yeah, I'd, we, I'd be happy
0: to see a third. You know, I'd, I'd
1: be happy to see about six or seven. I'll yeah. be honest with you. I'd take that quote. It's a mighty big sky. Yeah. Um, there's. No, there's a lot to track up there. But So Pine Gap, Pine Gap the hard facility in Star Wars, all, all instituted by the same president. And he was a guy who ran around to seven different meetings. And said, "And what would happen if aliens came and invaded and we would have to unite as one planet?
0: It was, it was Ronald
1: Reagan. <laughs> yeah, so, but we'd
0: all die if we have to unite as one planet. We've never probably managed to would. do it yet.
1: So yeah. I don't know if you – I was fortunate. I got to see the Star Wars lasers out at Los Alamos. Uh-huh. And uh, I have an outrageously high clearance, but it, but besides that, it wouldn't matter. Any, about any, the time, just about anybody could have won as long as you were ex military or military. Um, so they were taking these discs. They looked like, you know, discs. They were big discs, probably 50, 60 feet around. They were ribbed vents. And they would set it on top of this laser and they'd superheat it and shoot it into space. So they were trying to figure out a way to, to develop a new, because they, you know, the, these lasers weren't going to be used to shoot down missiles anymore. So what were we going to do with them? Because they were already built and design. Come to find out, the beam on these lasers, because I got to see one of them actually with the top off the, when, it, when it lifted off, were entirely too big to shoot down. I don't know what these things were going to be shooting at, but it wasn't going to be missiles. Huh. These are lasers that might have cut through the middle of cities or cut you know, aircraft carriers in half. These are not lasers designed to shoot down missiles. One, the tracking range was too slow. Uh, and the missile would have been able to evade it. A ship wouldn't be able to, neither would a city, but uh, a missile would have easily evaded this thing. And the beam was, I want to say, two and a half foot around, three foot around. It was huge. It was Whoa. like this. Whoa. So first off, I can only imagine what kind of power was being used to power this thing. It had to be some type of mini reactor or something. Um, and a good friend of mine who works – well, he used to work at the Harvest, at least now back at the Pentagon – swears we have at least five of these in space. Wow. Huh. There's you no know, way to verify that. Yeah, there's no way. Okay. There's, a,
0: there's a really fun book – Actually, two of them, but I've got the name of the one in my head by a Canadian writing pair, their husband and wife named Gar and Judy Reeves Stevens. It's hyphenated. And the book is called Free Fall. It came out in like the 80s or the 90s, and it should have taken off. It should have become a national bestseller. Uh, But they wrote this really cool thing about, well, it starts off, uh, it's called Free Fall. The book starts off when somebody's getting a uh, return mission from the moon and she's examining it on the International Space Station and she discovers a finger bone. And that's the whole start of this big, huge, fun little, you know, techno thriller romp. Um, so, you know, if you're looking for something, you'll have to order it like Amazon.com and paperback now. Uh, but a lot of fun. It's called Free Fall, and it's a really cool thriller. And it hits on a lot of what you're talking about. So
1: Yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot of – oh, no. I, oh, Gene, you, you can't see that? Hold on. I'll show you. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold uh, Let me drag this in with us. Where is the share screen at? Let me see. What, let me share that screen with us. Let's see. Let's see. Is that it? Is that it? I think that's it, or is this it? That's it. Okay. alright. There we oh, go. Look. So, so me. that that that's Todd's sexy head up there in case you don't know who uh-huh. that was. And
0: lots and, of and lots If if records.
1: you if you go ahead and enlarge your screen, boom. So you can see everything that's on here. Uh there's lots of books here. It's, uh it's not all of them. I'll bring up the Amazon in a minute. or oh, not yeah. I wasn't on Amazon somewhere else, but uh this is just well if it let me scroll. Oh, because I'm on the wrong place. That's why I'm gonna scroll. I'm on the screen. <laughs> <what a> <laughs>
3: I'm
1: trying to scroll it off the screen we're watching it from. Um, hold on. Let me go find the right screen. Let's just change this for a second. And where is it at? There is it at. Let's get it out of there. And now we can scroll. See, yeah. Look at that. Look at that. Oh wow! Now, some of
0: these, some of these covers are very old. People. Uh,
1: I know. I was looking. Some of them. Yeah. one book I seen was uh, from 1968. And I seen some from the 70s and.
0: Oh, well, 70s for sure. 68 would probably be one of Mom's uh, even seventies, probably more likely moms than mine, like the, the dragon lover's guide to Pern, um, and, and so on. Wow. Huh? This is Yahoo. Okay. <laughs> I've been to wherever this page is. Um, yep. And you got a city of angels, which became LA now, uh, because unfortunately, while city of the angels is a great title, everybody has used it. Yeah. Um, uh, so well, I, I, had to switch it back to LA, uh, Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, but the, the book I was talking about was not by me. It's by, a, a, as I say, a husband and wife writing pair. That's an old cover. Uh, one of the things is I've been doing a lot of my own covers now. And uh, so I, I look at them and go, hmm, that cover's not pushing as well as I'd like it to be. And uh, I put a new cover on. uh what uh, kind
1: of artists you can choose from? I mean, Jesus. Yeah. Well, in my case,
0: in, in my case, I got a master of fine arts degree, so a lot of the covers I just yeah. make myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the book I was talking about was, was Gara Judy, Reeves, Stevens, uh, and Freefall. I guess if you go to Amazon.com and you just look for free fall, one word, you'll find it. Uh it's pretty cool. Um, uh, you know, especially yeah, space stuff—the International Space Station, uh, fingers from the moon. It's a fun story. Um, wow! Yeah, there's a picture of mom and me. Oh, uh, oh way back from. Oh.
1: Wow, oh, no, that's not mom. Dad. Wait, I just had a minute ago. Where did go? I know oh. it's just down there. You're just I think you just all over the place. Let me let me, let me stretch wow. it back out. Let's see if we can find. Oh, okay, let's close this. Uh huh. Right, let's go to the bottom let's and we'll work it. our way up. She was
0: down further below.
1: That's working work it out. It might have been up there. You are. There oh, am. there we there go. There we are. Yeah, right there, there over yeah. on the right. Okay.
0: Well, yeah, I was thinking of the one, her and me, at the 2000 and can't remember uh, Nebula Awards. Um, I want to say See, five. Well, this is
1: great because she encouraged you to write when you were young, she said, don't be, don't be right, man.
0: Oh, no. Well, I mean, I, I earned my first typewriter teaching myself the touch type. Um, and you know, she bought it for me for my birthday. Um, so yeah, she, she encouraged me to, to, to give it a whirl. Um, it, she also said, now that's me, Jody Lynn Nye and the famous Seanan McGuire. Um,
1: uh, Jody looks and, like she's 12 there.
0: Well, oh my she, yes, it's a number of years back now. Um, yeah. And I almost still have hair there. Um,
1: <laughs> you sound like me with that shit.
0: <laughs> oh man, you know. <laughs> One of the things, I mean, here's what science fiction is supposed to do, right? It's supposed to give us back our hair. There's mom. Um, and and that would be cool. Although I have this little theory that maybe the reason our hair gets lost, it actually doesn't get lost. It, it turns into micro uh, growths is because our brains get so big that they, they would heat up too much if they actually had a full head of hair.
1: Yeah, it's um, funny. It's funny you say that because when I was young, my average body temperature was almost a full degree over normal. My doctor yeah. so I was always getting in trouble. Wow. And, and one day he was picking on He said, because I used to have this big ton of hair on top of He said, it's probably all that hair. Well, now that yep. the hair is gone, guess what? It's 98.6 now. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. maybe he was right. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Maybe it's, as you get uh, older, you just need to lose more hair. Gosh, that's... uh Where was well, that? At? Go back. Uh, that, that looks like uh, my sister's old house in Ireland from hey. an early, early, early thing. And the green field you saw over there that on the other frame, that was that was definitely the backyard at at mom's house called Dragonhold Underhill. Uh, there's a picture of mom. It's probably a yep, good one. Right there's there. a couple of good pictures of mom. Yep.
1: Yeah, there's a couple of good ones in here. Yeah. Uh,
0: that one's kind of she's kind of cut off.
1: Yeah, just uh, barely cut her head off. Who the hell is this? She's just randomly in there. Who is she? I don't know. It doesn't say either. I can't, I can't see. According a to change. this, it's you, so obviously that's not right.
0: <laughs> I don't think so. I, I don't recall any sex changes uh, in my past. Like, to I, I hate when
1: they do stuff like that. I, I have well, no it's idea Yahoo,
0: you know, so it's, it's probably yeah, it pretty is. out it's
1: of am just I'm just hitting the, the people as we go through seeing if I recognize anybody. Uh, and right? there's somebody is a, working their kilt.
0: Well, that, this is a, a, um, a costume, yeah. a masquerade contest at, uh, I believe, DragonCon many, many years ago. Um, I mean, one of the cool things about, about mom is she, she built this huge and devoted following. Um, there are people who, you know, grew up with her books. There are people who, when they had to run away from home, those were the only books they, could, they, they brought with them. Um, yeah, that was a tree in Ireland. Really interesting tree. I know, um,
1: very interesting tree.
0: Yeah. So, so I always kind of knew that when she passed, I would not be alone in remembering her. Uh that's uh me in the back, Shauna Maguire, Jody Lynn Nye, Angelina Adams, Susan Martin, and I'm afraid I've lost his name. Uh, this is a number of years back though. So I'm allowed. Uh, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. So yeah. Um, yeah,
1: wait until I see Jody the year. i girl, I've seen some pictures. You look like you were twelve. <laughs> she, <laughs> she gonna probably smack my ass. Yeah, and she's always nice too though, when I yeah. talk to her
0: yeah yeah she's a okay sweet.
1: there's somebody's child up there looks like she's about to lose her that
0: name. child is either my niece or my 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 own kid let i gotta go uh, uh
3: actually Amelia that's Amelia. Yeah.
0: yeah so that's my niece Way back, then. She's
3: <laughs> she
1: was like, older like yeah, she looks like she's uh, possessed.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, she was having
2: fun. Uh, yeah,
1: that's what I'm saying. When, when my kids yeah. start looking like that, I'm like, okay, it's time to run. They're gonna tear something up. Uh, I, either
0: run us. or stop giving them all that sugar. Yeah, that's always a good. That's always a good. <laughs> Actually, thing. the one you got your thumb, Can you can you click on that one?
1: Which one? Oh, is This one. It, yeah. It, yeah,
0: because no, a nice I fan. I, here's the thing about fans. It's so cool. Uh, what you see in there, the little globe there. That was made by a fan. It's it's a it's a globe map of Pern based on the maps that, that mom drew and then I I also drew, but he made this whole map and gave it to us. It was so cool.
1: I know. it's uh, nice when we do stuff like that.
0: Oh, it's amazing. It's like it's wild, uh, and and we love it. Well, why so, wouldn't let
1: me blow it up any better? That's weird.
0: I don't know. I cannot.
1: But uh, wow. yeah, how I had a book sign, huh?
0: Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, collectible books and more. Yes. Now, the fun thing about signing with mom is it, it, it's a lesson of humility, you know, and I, I kind of figured that out early on. So <laughs> okay. I'd have, have a line with like three people, and mom would have a line with like 3,000. Yeah, out the door. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I oh, imagine. yeah. So I, okay. Uh,
1: so, yeah, she's been writing a little bit longer than you, you know. And she she's been writing a little circuit. bit
0: longer than me. She was, She's much more, you know, well-known. Um, I mean, we talk about the Dragon Riders of Pern and, and Dragonflight, but she also wrote a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, she wrote the Kilachandra series. She wrote the Ship of Sang. She wrote the Tower and Hives series. She wrote the one of the ones that, that seems to be unknown on by far too many people is something called um, the Freedom series. Uh, which is a, just a bunch of fun. Uh, mom, my mom had this little trick. Uh, if she was really proud of something she was working on, she'd come up with an excuse to make me read it. You know, and if she wasn't so happy about it, I wouldn't see it until it was published. Uh, and it <laughs> took me years to figure that one out because you know it just takes years to see the pattern. It's like, huh, yeah, it's, uh, hey, what is this? But she would. She there were some books. She's just like, oh, you know, I need. That's the one I was thinking of. That's us at the uh, Nebula Awards, and I think two thousand and five. Um, can't quite be sure, um, but it might be later. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. It yeah, yeah. Don't like, have wow. a date on it. Yeah.
1: Uh, somebody's um, got dates. some am don't. It's kind of weird how they do that. Yeah. So yeah, uh,
0: there's a whole bunch of photos here. Some are me. Some are some are who's that? that's me in an interview a radio interview it was a lot of fun years back now um uh, what do we got
1: you had all kind of good books up in here i mean they just endlessly run on oh yeah, uh,
0: yeah well, so, we've well
1: got- how many how many books are in this series uh in uh, the current series, because somebody just asked me. Were,
0: we're up to 25.
1: True, yeah. Okay, that's yeah. a lot of.
0: We have. So, so we start with Lessa in Dragonflight. Um, and Lessa's kind of like maybe the precursor to Harry Potter at some level. Uh, this evil guy stole. She When she was a kid, this evil guy invaded her, her home, uh, actually her, her castle, as it were, and killed all of her family and she managed to escape uh and so she she was 11 at the time and she spent the next 10 years plotting her revenge uh and she succeeded in the end um uh, so she was she was you know she was an amazing character and the first part of dragonflight is is that story called We're search uh, and mom always had really good strong characters uh, which which made it just so much fun to read yeah, and people, it it
3: fun to read.
0: People loved her characters uh, and and that began We searched that the first part of Dragonflight really began the whole world. Uh, and it's kind of funny, you know because so mom, like everybody else, started off. There were no writers of the future there then. Uh, and at the time there was a place in in Philadelphia called Milford. And a bunch of established writers set up a a writing workshop, uh, which was conveniently called Milford and, and writers and, and wannabe writers were, um, were allowed to come out and, and workshop their stories. So very much like, well, a lot of the workshops these days, um, and mom had gotten one story published and she was working on others, but she kind of felt, you know, like, why am I doing this? Um. And at one point, the very amazing James Blish, who I've already mentioned, met her and said, you know, Anne, you wrote that really great story. How come you're not writing more? And on the drive back, Mom said, James Blish says I can write. James Blish says mm-hmm. I can write. And, and, it you know, it really got her going again. And later on, James Blish was married to a lady named Virginia Kid Blish, uh, and when mom was looking for an agent, because you needed agents back in those days, uh, s- somebody pointed her to Judy, to uh, Virginia, and they got together. And at one particular Milford, mom brought up a bunch of stuff that she was working on, uh, and she had a half-complete story, and she gave it to Virginia. And Virginia came back and said, oh, Anne, do please finish this. And that was Weir Search, the very first part of The Dragon Riders of Pern. Um, uh, so, you know, we, we talk about writers writing alone and all, but that little bit of encouragement, that little bit, Oh, do please finish it. That's the sort of thing that starts series that people, millions and millions of people read and love. Um, uh, you know, that's part of the reason why we love writers of the future is because writers of the future is this chance to say to brand new authors, keep going, you know, please finish it. Just <laughs> keep going. You're going to get there.
1: Uh, well, I love when they said, um. Don't let don't take advice from your family and your friends. Forgive it. To, forgive it to somebody to read. That's going to be objective. Objective. Yeah. Sorry, I, I forgot who said it, but I was laughing my head because it's true, you know.
0: Well, I I I actually, you know, Ann McCaffrey, famous author. Okay, See, so it's da, da, different
1: da. for you because you're my. Oh one no, said, no, no, no!
0: Here's here's a great story on that one. So, I had written the story. I was very proud of it. I still have it someplace, in which. A, Probably keep it hidden, maybe. I might rewrite it. Anyway, this is years back. I was sixteen maybe. Um and I asked mom to read it. And she said, No, I'm I'm not a good critic. And I begged mom to read it. And begged and begged and begged and did the usual teenage, you know, whine thing. Finally she agreed to read it. A week or two later it came back. And you know, when you're when you're marking up errors and all in those days you wrote in red ink this thing was bleeding. There was so much red ink on it. You couldn't see the original words. It was like, Oh my God. Uh, and, and it was just like, Oh, it was, you know, and yeah. So yeah, I got it that that mom was not exactly the sort of critic I needed to have around. Um, but, but that was, you know, like I say, when I was 16, we get better as the you know, it's like everything else. It's like babies learning to walk. Uh, the more you write, the better you get at it. Um, so it was it was kind of a lot of fun and then way back 1996 um uh, mom was was not working on on more books she was she was thinking about writing her biography uh, and i got cornered by her editor saying you know would you please consider writing like a scrapbook of her life so that we can get her writing more pern books. And it's kind of like, Oh yeah, you don't have to tell me twice, especially money. They did mention money and I like money. Oh, yeah. um, so, so that's, that's where dragon holder came from. Um, and while I was working on that, obviously I went ahead and interviewed her on tape and all to ask all sorts of questions. Um, and, and, while we were talking about that i said you know it'd be really cool to collaborate with you one time and that's sort of where we got to but by then i'd written a number of short stories and i was doing you know the 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 non-fiction scrapbook so it was a it was a different age and of course i was a lot older then uh let's see i would have been 40. um but yeah i mean it's it, it was a lot of fun and it You know, when you look back, it's always when you look back, you know, it's kind of like you're in a car wreck and and you go, oh, my God, oh, my God, I'm in a car wreck. And then, you know, a year or two later, you go, but I walked away. Um, So hindsight changes everything. Um, But it it was it was so much fun being around with her. She had one story, uh, the original, really, her first breakout story was called The Ship Who Sang. And The Ship Who Sang, She wrote not long after her father had died. Uh, her father was a colonel in the U.S. Army, and he died of tuberculosis. He was serving over in Korea with the U.N. Um, but my poor mom, she had just given birth to my my first, uh, my my eldest brother, oldie brother, um, and she, uh, she she couldn't see my dad, my, not my dad, her dad, my grandfather, because the doctors warned her that if she went to the hospital, she might give tuberculosis to her newborn child. Uh, and she didn't want to tell her grandfather that. Um, and so her grandfather was really upset. I mean, he was dying and she wasn't seeing him. It was, it was a horrible thing. And so she wrote the story to recap or, or, or deal with the emotions of having to do that. And it's called The Ship is Saying. It's the first in a series of shorts that are put together in a novel called The Ship is Saying. Um, but it's it's incredibly moving. And my mom, at one point, she she was asked to read it uh, to live to a camera crew for the BBC. They were doing a, a, a show on her. And she read it at the 1987 Worldcon in Brighton. But she said, look, you know, I want you to read with me. I'll tell you when I want you to start thing about the ship is saying is, if you read it out loud, unless you're stoned, you will cry at the end. That's just the way it is with that story it's it's incredibly well written emotional story. and so mom got to the point where she could no longer pronounce words <laughs> and had me read this this amazingly emotional ending uh and and I managed to get through it, and mom later said to me. Uh, did you see how the camera crew were in the back of the room? They were crying. These, these old hardened BBC veterans were crying from the story. Uh, and, and that's kind of the story she wrote. She wrote beautiful, beautiful story. So if you haven't read her yet, you might find it. Actually, you
1: like her? um, I, I think I ran read. I couldn't honestly tell you what I read. I don't want to lie to you, but I do remember somewhere along the line, um, uh, we had to read at least three of her books. Because huh. I'm a few years younger than you are, not a whole lot younger than you, by the way, but just a couple, of, just enough years that it would have probably been, let's say I was in private school in the, I guess, right close to the mid-80s, just before I went in the Navy. I went in the Navy right around 84, 85, somewhere around there, 83, somewhere around there. And I do, I do remember because I just remember her name. I don't remember the book. So when you said, when I, when I heard you say her name, I was like, wow, I know her name. And I, it can't just be from, from in the media because I don't pay attention to that. Mm. Uh, I, and for me to uh, acknowledge someone's name means I've either had to meet him or talk to him or read him, one or the other, uh, and do what I do for a living. It could be any one of the three. <laughs> um, you know, so it's, it's a strange thing. But I recommend, you know, because any, see, dragons are big. And more than likely they got read more than once in my house because my wife is a huge dragon fan. And when she went yeah. by, she said, I know who that is.
2: <laughs> she, that's why I
1: had the mic off just now because she came yeah. on the wrong, yeah. and uh, and she was reading your uh, your thing, and then it, it says uh, was born to Ann McCaffrey, and she said, well, and she when she said, I know who that is, oh, yeah. and uh, but she's 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 as well read as anybody I know, uh, way more well read than I am. She's just she outreads me probably five to one, six to one, and I and I have weird interest anyway, you know. It's um, I remember in in, in private school. I started wanting to read, um, oh, what the hell do you call them? Philos- philosophers. I, I decided I wanted to read all the philosophers. So, and that's what I was saying earlier. I got the whole collection behind me back there.
0: You and, got Plato's um, Republic. And, yeah, and and,
1: all yeah, yeah. I got all of them, and then I've got things like uh, some of the some of the plays that had been done and stuff like that, and some of Shakespeare's works back there as well. And mm-hmm. um, I just. I, I was raised on the classics for some reason and i still really like them even today it's like doctor who when he went back and met shakespeare when he went back and met um uh what's his name not leonardo um oh the painter um
0: van gogh yeah van gogh. one of my one of my favorite episodes
1: it's one of my favorites as well it was well done and at the end yeah. the very end he made everybody cry it was just it was a yeah. well-done episode uh, compared to Doctor Who today, I, I don't I, I hope they got new runners coming in for this season because
0: they're they're bringing back uh Russell T. Davies.
1: Thank God. Um, because I like I, this this woman would have been a good doctor, but they never gave her a very chance. They yeah, just they they, they, they they wrote her out of it. I was like, come yeah. on, what are y'all doing?
0: Yeah, no, I and think uh, Johnny Whitaker's got a lot of lot of chalk. Well, I seen her in some other a great, stuff. Great doctor, and they just didn't give her a chance.
1: And and, and matter of fact, when she was doing an interview for, um for something else she's going to be doing. And they said, she said, well, I just never felt like I was ever a- allowed to be the doctor. She said, I was never allowed to get angry. I was never, she said, I didn't have the emotional range as the other doctor," which was true. Yeah, One yeah. of the biggest complaints I've heard from people, oh, she never got angry. She never got, because the doctors always get mad somewhere along the line. The doctor's going to get pissed and, oh, well, you better get your ass out of his way or here's away. Yeah. And, I think,
0: uh, you know, it, it smacks to me of sexism. It's it like, does. You know, does. girls can't, can't go ahead and get angry. It's kind of like, really?
1: And then they wanted to use her for a woke Doctor Who. And I keep telling so, this to people. This this is something that, for some reason, Hollywood's learning and, and BBC's learning now. And so is football and all. And the problem with America is, is we don't go watch Doctor Who or watch the NFL or watch hockey because we want to hear your political views. That's not why we're there. If we want to hear your political views, we will pick up the remote and go over to NBC or CNN or CBS or ABC or Fox or whoever the hell it is that you watch, BBC, you know. It doesn't matter. That's where you want to get sweet. I don't want to hear football players taking a political stance. One, I don't think they're informed enough to take one. Uh Um, You know, some of them might be, but the majority of them are not. Just stay out of it. And uh, we, we're going to, no, I don't want to see that. I don't, I don't want to see people taking political stances of any kind in any of this stuff. I just don't want to see it. To me, that takes the relaxation out of why I'm there. I'm there for the fantasy. I'm there for the fun. I'm there for the science. I'm not there because I want to hear you tell me I'm wrong, right, or whatever about someone's way to go to the bathroom. I just, I don't want to hear it. And uh, and you know, it's one of the things a lot of the interviews we did um, with a lot of the newbies in the last three years was how are you going to deal with wokeness in your, in your, in your writing? Not so much in your illustration. Cause it doesn't seem to matter as much as in the illustration. Cause me and echo had a ball with her nudie, with her nudie. uh yeah. <laughs> What did she call it yeah. her? She had a name for it, but anyway, we had a lot of fun. Um, so I asked him, how are you going to do with it? And, and a couple of them conversations got lengthy because, you know, are you going to take it on full head? Are you going to even include it in your novels or your books or your short stories? Is it going to matter to you one way or another? And what I found was, is the people who were there that were in that category weren't planning on including it in their books, which I found strange because Uh they're in that category. I would figure you'd want, since you live in that lifestyle, you'd want to put it in a book. They were all telling me no. But a lot of the younger writers, not so much, if they were over 40, it wasn't something they were going to really consider putting in their books unless it was just a character that developed. Um, But the younger ones were just, we're talking about oh i should have two of these and one of these and three of those and mm. one of those so i said look i'm not a writer uh, i said i'm just gonna give you a piece of advice as, as somebody in the media don't do it like that yeah. i said you, you you will put you will not i said you might get some crazy lefty somewhere to buy it and play it on one but it's it it's not going to ever go anywhere i said you got to remember i said when i do news radio i do it for everybody i said i'm a centralist anyway uh, I said, I'm not a centrist, I'm not a Republican, I'm not a Democrat. I said, I've lived those lives. I said, when I was born, I was born into a Republican family. I said, these people are crazy. I said, <laughs> I, said, I, said, I, said I became a Democrat. And later on, I was like, oh my God, these people are even crazier. And uh, so I got away from it. I was going to be an independent, but independents don't have no direction. They're just independent. And libertarians are nice, but mm, so a centrist works for me because I'm in the middle of most things anyway. And so when I do news, it's how I do it. I do it from the middle, which means I get to piss off everybody, or I get to make well, everybody happy. This is good. Sort of, you know. I,
0: I think that, I, I, I tell stories. Hmm. That's, that's what a I good do. thing. Uh, and, and we so, need more
1: of you. Thank Lots you. Lots more of you.
0: I, and, but, I. I am not afraid to go look at things. Uh, I do tend to agree with Mom. When Mom was working on Dragonflight, uh, the the question of of race came up, and she felt that that far in the future, it's about five thousand years in the future,
3: mm-hmm.
0: that that people would probably look almost all the same. They'd be fairly well blended by then. Race mm-hmm. would not be an issue uh and so that's how she wrote the the whole thing with dragonfly and she's
1: right um there's been several big groups got together big science groups that got together and said at one time at one point actually they call it reversion because most people don't know this two million years ago everybody on this planet was brown eyed brown hair and brown skinned Yep. that's just who we were somewhere along the line rh negative popped in and created mutations which gave us green and blue eyes and and moving around a planet gave us different colored skins but that's what we were so now what they're saying is through breeding interbreeding eventually we will breed ourselves back to we'll have different colors and different eye colors but we will go back to basically for most people a medium to light brown skinned race uh, only to places where they, you still live in the sun will you have dark skin anymore that's just science guys it's just the way we want to be but it's worse than that or better depending on how you look at this so right now you can you can you can do designer babies in case y'all didn't know that if you can find, not in this country because it's illegal in this country, but you can do, and we do have the technology in this country to do it, but we won't do it. You can do designer babies, but it's even more than that. A hundred years, five hundred years, a thousand years, they're going to take a sample of your blood or their the child's blood they're going to say, "Okay, this kid is can this could happen to this kid? This could happen to this kid. this This kid could be this, 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 or that, and these would be things he's predestined for, or or have something in his that might make you move that direction." Would you like us to take it out? And most parents are going to say yes. So things that are a problem in to stay society will not exist in the future. And I can yeah. bet your ass an advanced Iranian race is not fighting over what bathroom you're going to. Uh, so there's a difference in the way we look at the world right now because we simply don't have the technology to change it. But we will in less than 100 years. For me, it's not so much. It's, for me, it's more about should we change it? Do we have the right to breed a whole section of our population out? That's really what the question is going to come to. And I'm not the one that's going to have to answer that, so I don't have to worry well, I, about that. That's why it. I
0: write. That's why I write science
1: fiction. And, she, I guess. But, and science fiction is a good place to work on yeah. that question. Yeah, like. you know, Babylon Five worked on a lot of those questions. If you don't know who Babylon Five is, you better go get your ass educated. Okay, <laughs> look, Babylon Five is 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 one of the best sci-fi series out there. It's not the technology as far as how it looks today. It's stated. It's dated. It's it's nineties. It's you know mid nineties. It's it's a dated technology. The but colors those, are very, very vivid.
0: <laughs> yeah, some some of those episodes were among the best television oh. I've ever seen. Oh, I know they are. And uh, it, yeah. it
1: won a it won a few awards, but there was a lot of wisdom in this show. And, and it, it portrayed us in a true light. And when I, there's very few sci-fi series that do this. They took man. We wormed our way into space. We couldn't go faster than light. We found some race that gave us some gate technology, felt pity for us, and gave us some technology. Yeah. So then we go get out in space. We try to build some base. The damn thing blows up three or four times. Finally, they get one out there. And what's the first thing they do is invite everybody and start doing politics. Oh, yeah. And I'm talking politics. Just like you'd see on the planet today, they were politicking it away, man. We're just They were just different races involved. Instead of different countries, they were different races. Yeah. But what do you mean? Alien race? Let me tell you something. I doubt any alien race will ask us to be friends until we become a united planet. Because I doubt anybody who's a deep space faring race is not. I, I guarantee their world's united. It's, there's no way that you can get out and colonize the universe with a divided planet. It's just not going to happen. I mean, uh, we, can do, we can get in a solar system. But getting into deep space is a different thing. Uh, it's going to okay, take everybody. So, yeah. so as
0: a counter view to that... You head can head go head. pick up a copy of the Jupiter game where we're pretty much as we are right now. And the Europeans have just uh, pulled a, a starship now, sorry, a spaceship in orbit around Jupiter and a, a, a bunch of aliens pop up and want to trade with us. Um, that's my book, Todd McCaffrey. Um, hey, that sounds good. It's, it's, it's I a like Jupiter game, like so it's a lot of fun. But I, but I actually try and take on this issue of could we be a space-faring race, and still be divided.
1: Um, oh, we and, could be a space yeah. race and be divided, but can we be uh, in, involved in the global community? No, I mean, that's not going to work. There any, I, I doubt anybody's going to let us into any kind of real community until we become... Uh, uh, because then you'd be picking sides and choosing sides. Oh, we're going to deal with America, we're going to deal with Russia, we're going to deal with China, and we're not going to deal with everybody else. Well, that's just going to start a war back here on the planet. So, I, um,
0: I, I do think... I could, I, as a science fiction writer, it's kind of like throw me a problem and I'll come up with a solution. So, for me, part of this was okay, so what do the aliens get out of dealing with a divided planet? Well, they get really good deals. Uh, you know, not good for us. I do basically agree with you, however, that I think we need to be united as a planet uh, in order to do pretty much anything. And hmm. we've, we've kind of been ignoring the fact of, of how united we are.
1: I mean, you know, we're, we're, you, until, you, look at, until you
0: look at the pandemic, it started in China, it's gone all over the world. It did not sit there and say, oh, I'm not allowed to cross this border. Yeah. Um, you get a picture from space and you see the little blue dot that is Earth.
1: Well, I mean, if, if you look at the world today, there's what, six or seven holdouts. Russia didn't want to be a holdout. It was trying to become a democracy until, you know, who took over. We're not going to mention his name because we love him, but uh Putin. And Putin, you were the manly man. We all loved you, and then you lost your mind. What's going on, dude? Get it? I know you only got three years left to live, but come on, man. Don't be nuking the planet. Uh, you have daughters and stuff that live in Russia. And you know if you nuke us, we're going to have to nuke you back. Well, maybe not. Biden might forget where the nukes are. But still, something's uh, going to happen. Uh, uh, I don't <laughs> believe
0: that. I think, I think for, for, for all of his long catalog of flaws, he's enough of a politician that he knows how to push a button.
1: Yeah, well, I'm talking about. Thank, my- thank yeah, thank, thank God, he, they have to be other buttons pushed because he makes me nervous. So does Putin <laughs> though. Putin, Putin makes. Well, oh, I'm scared. Dubai might just, hey, man, stretch out. Poom, and, and there goes World War Three. No, um, well, we're. I mean, arguably, we're in
0: World War Three right now. Uh, you could argue that case. You know, we're we're kind of like the Ukraine is either the first small battlefield, or it's the Spanish Civil War test grounds. Uh, and oh, by the way, the Russians are losing. Um, you know what they're Science. doing with the Ukrainians, what you're doing against the Ukrainians. Could you imagine what would happen if they went up against some of our guys? They would lose. Well, completely. and I think
1: I think that's one of the reasons. One of the good things that came out of the Ukrainian thing, and I hate even saying it that way, uh, is it looks like China may decide not to invade Taiwan because I, I think it, the it, Chinese,
0: it, yeah, I agree yeah. with you. I think the Chinese are waiting, and if we blow it with Ukraine. They're going to go after time Yeah, then
1: they will. But I think what they learned was is everybody forgets China's nothing without the world. China has to have our money. They, they don't have – there's not enough communist countries to support China. They have to have the rest of the world to support them. Yeah. Right now, there's only seven countries that truly – before we were making them rich, so was Europe. Now, thanks to COVID and some other stuff that's happened, baby formula that killed babies, dog food that killed dogs, a lot of people are, are kind of becoming anti-China. Uh so that that's a good thing, and we should be anti China until they, they become a free nation. It's you know, we're in competition with them directly. Yeah. And uh, you know, yeah, Glenn, then we have four hundred nukes, but you you know, don't need more than four hundred nukes to end the world. We have four thousand that are on warheads, we got another four thousand sitting on shelves, waiting to be disposed of. No, I actually want to know the truth. At the height of the war, each country had around fifteen thousand missiles. So all those treaties did work. Trust me, they worked, and a lot of a lot of these nukes they were talking about, planet buses didn't get built because of the treaties. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not always a big fan of the way our governments work, but in that case, I got to give them a little bit of credit.
0: Actually, uh, I think we have to give our, all of ourselves some credit on this. One. I mean, the whole world—it's been 75 years since anybody um, dropped the nuke in anger, uh,
1: and, and, and it was us.
0: That's and if you read your military history my opinion from having read up on it a lot including reading things like hiroshima diary written by a doctor who survived the hiroshima Mm -hmm. blast uh and and documented all the horrors of it uh the japanese wouldn't have stopped the military the military was so wedded to the idea of continuing the fight because their honor was on the line uh I mean if you read it, John Tolman's got a book on it. There's no yeah, we didn't we'd the- had
1: the bomb to bomb him into extinction to stop it. The nukes stopped it. Yeah. And it also made Russia and the rest of the world go shit. Yeah uh, Although Russia was already them.
0: got had already got a lot of information from their spies, so they weren't yeah. too far behind us. Um but you know, I'm it's it's amazing how scary it can be you know, uh, with with nukes and all. And I think people, I'm afraid people are forgetting when Putin sits there and says, oh, we'll use nukes. You know, I think maybe he believes that, that we're scared, that the United States of America doesn't have the, the cojones to say, huh, yeah, you used a nuke. Guess what? We're using it, you know, we're going to return.
1: Yeah, um, so it's not going to be a one-time. And we probably won't but, even shoot it. We'll probably have it launched from Europe. We probably won't even shoot it from over here.
0: Well, uh, yeah. Just, just but, so
1: you don't have time to shoot it down.
0: Yeah, I think... I think that um, this this may be a really game that Ukraine may be a huge game changer for us all, because if it works out the way we're hoping, basically what we're going to prove is that war is not a good it's not economic anymore.
1: That's what China's finding out. I, I've heard yeah. uh, I've heard two or three people in China now talk about this. Some of their allegars are talking about, well, they were asking about invading taiwan they said war is never good for anybody and uh we already have u.s sanctions we can't really afford any more sanctions on our country and yeah. he was being honest about it and so were the other two they were just being honest they were like no war costs us money so if we invade taiwan we got we'll have to hold taiwan there'll be a lot of fighting a lot of blood a lot of murder nobody in the world's going to want to do any business with us after that he said russia's already bankrupt so who's going to be our buyer nobody yeah. venezuela you know, yeah. so they're right. And we will. Everybody will cut them off and they'll find yourselves just sitting there.
0: And well, then, look, this yeah. I was going to say the sad thing is this lesson was actually learned in World War I. Yeah. That's why we had the Great Depression is because we had everybody had been spending money they didn't really have. And then all of a sudden, all the demand dried up at the end of the war. And so there was nothing to buy. There was nothing to sell. There was nobody who wanted to buy. It. Bam. Great, great depression uh you know world war ii was because all the victors of world war one decided that they had to punish germany even though it was austria that started the war um so you know hopefully i mean one of the good things we learned out of world war ii was uh yeah even though somebody starts it you want to finish it in such a way that that um they don't start it again
1: yeah knowing that you ain't gonna tolerate it it's uh well people what about near – no, um, you're talking about the two bombs dropped. One of them actually landed in a valley next to the city. One was a direct hit, and one was – I think it was like 10 miles away or something. Well, I mean, it's, if you really want to go re- – It still wreaked ungodly havoc, yes.
0: Yeah, but if you really want to go there, you should also be looking at the firebombing of Tokyo, which caused more True. casualties than those two combined.
1: Yeah. and um, uh, you I mean, know, This is
0: something where – it, you know, if you want to go there, this is a horrific part of mankind. This is a very dark part is. of our spirit – but if you want to go there, it really pays to research it, to read, you know, a number right. of books to do, to do more than just just you know.
1: Take World a, War II is it, a great read. There's there's a there's a lot of stuff that you can learn about in yeah. World War II, uh, like when the when the, when the Chinese uh, admiral was like, "Please don't wake to sleep in China," or I feel oh, that was to sleep Admiral Yamato, yeah, yeah. So um, I but, mean, he knew when 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 they bombed Pearl Harbor, it was the end of Japan. He actually yeah. knew it. But he yeah. couldn't tell the emperor that because he would have, you know, got his head lopped it, off.
0: So. Well, it wasn't so much the emperor, to be fair. The emperor was was a warmonger at the time. Yeah. But the political party in power, because uh, the emperor was, you know, is supposed to be mostly a figurehead. And it was actually at the end of World War Two that the emperor kind of stepped out from behind the, the 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 curtain and said, I, as emperor, say we need to end this war. Uh, so it's kind of, it's like, yeah, there's it, a whole bunch there. of nuances
1: there. Uh, well, once they, Jimmy Doolittle's boys started bombing them I and they realized they were not safe from us anymore, that yeah. changed, changed the way. Well, you know, it's anytime your citizens get killed. It's cause Americans are like that. We're egotistical cause nobody's ever been here bombing us other than running in two planes into the twin towers. No one's ever bombed us. And just think of it this way, people. And I hate to say it like this. We had two, two buildings blown up in New York city and we just wiped out two whole entire countries over it. I mean, we basically put Iraq and Afghanistan back to the Stone Age, yeah. uh, which is where we're going to send China if they don't tighten up. So the, the the thing about this is, is just think if someone had actually landed a nuke in our country, or better yet, a, a few bombs. We we oh geez, I don't want to think what we would do. And you see, yeah, we're assholes. We hate each other. We fight. We want to kill each other every day. Not, but once you start a war with us, we become one galvanized, united freaking country, and we are. No country's been at war near as long as this one has. No one has near the weaponry we do or the trained soldiers that we do. People, we got five generations of trained soldiers and fighter pilots. And you want to go against it, go into war against us? What are you, crazy? Even China's thinking, like, no, man, we we got 1.3 billion. We're still going to lose. You just, you just, you know, we're hard. See what's going on in Russia right now and Ukraine? The Russian soldiers, a lot of them are having hard times. They've never killed anybody. A lot of them are going AWOL. A lot of them just don't want and they get themselves killed. You cannot hesitate on the battlefield. One of the first things they told you in Vietnam what was the average lifespan, like nine seconds. So you can't hesitate, and most people who have never killed someone is going to hesitate and you get your ass killed. Our troops are not going to do that. They're going to walk in, blaze a gun, and blazing, man. We're going to have drones, planes. We're going to have air superiority. We're not even going to play around with this. We'd have never done this the way Russia did. Uh, We'd had AS superiority within like three weeks, and then we'd have just been bombing them in the Stone Age, and then we'd have rolled our troops in and said, you still want to fight? No, you can be like Afghanistan. Oh, here, take our weapons. We give up. (laughs) Or Iraq, when, what was it, 100,000 troops came out and put their weapons on the ground? No. We're not like that. We're we're a different machine, and and we shouldn't be that way, but unfortunately we are. I hate to even brag on that because it makes me feel... Like we're, it would be we're, it
0: would be really nice if we could unite ourselves in, in some other different directions. I agree you know? with
1: that. Yeah, something. You like, know, I, Who, who's got I, the I best think ice for thing? a
0: while we were kind of best ice cream would be cool. I think for a while, at least, I felt, and that's probably me, that we were united with the idea of going to the moon. You know, at least when yeah, we, we got there, everybody was pretty darn proud of it. Uh, and I think we should do big things like that again. For that matter, Elon Musk, for all that I can criticize him, you know, SpaceX is freaking amazing. Uh, and it has totally changed the, the landscape. Um, and now, fortunately, they're revising the, the, the uh, I think DARPA is revising the whole idea of a, a nuclear-powered rocket engine. Uh, we had them way back when and we gave up on them. But now they're coming up with an idea that apparently will work. And that'll I mean, be much more powerful. Uh, I, and-
1: I, I, I want to say it was like mid-50s. You know, Stanton Friedman, who was a nuclear physicist, he's a big ufologist, but he was a nuclear physicist by trade. Yeah. And we, used to, we did a show just on nuclear aircraft because America actually designed several nuclear aircraft people. These things were fabulous. They could stay in the sky for days on end. There was no risk of getting contaminated on board. But your airport now became a giant freaking nuclear bomb or a giant waste bomb, either way you want yeah. to look at it, because now you had to store nuclear waste on site and nuclear fuel on site. Uh, but there's a something. difference
0: when you're up in space.
1: Yeah, and that's a whole different you know, thing because in space you can eject it. It's already a bunch of radiation out there. It's not I, a big for, deal. for that
0: matter, when you, if you look at Voyager One and Voyager Two, the reason they're still going is because they're powered by radiothermal isotopes yeah. (RTG) radiothermal generators, which are basically there's a small bit of radioactive material that heats and produces electricity that keeps those guys running for fifty freaking years. Yeah, uh, it's it's a marvel. Yeah, the uh-huh.
1: other one was doing something weird the other day. There was a Voyager one because yeah, know they're getting it,
0: some weird data on it.
1: Yeah, it's outside the solar system now, guy. Oh yeah, and it's outside the influence of our sun.
0: Yep.
1: Which I I can't remember if it's two light years or four light years, but it's it's a good distance. No, it's
0: not light years, but it's it's a huge number of AU's. It's gonna be like eighty or something. Yeah, AU yeah. is an astronomical unit, which is the distance oh yeah, that's of right, because two Earth.
1: two years of our light years or halfway to Proxima. That's right. Okay, I get confused yeah, yeah. About that it's a, oh man, I had so much fun the other day. So I'm watching NBC, they're doing this news and they're talking about the cliff. they always do this. People always mess this up. Oh, the close solar system, close sun test is alpha Centauri but that's not true. Alpha is four it's actually four light years, proxima is three point eight light years. It's actually closer. And for some reason, matter of fact, I got Michio Keku on it. He was laughing his ass off. He looked it up while we were talking. I'm like, he said, Some bitch you're right. I'm like, Yeah, it's of course I, mean, I I got a bachelor's in science, I'm not ignorant. It's um, I wasn't going to go for engineering, but I decided now nah, I got into something else. I should have never got into business, man. Mm-mm, 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 mm-mm. Running your own business is a pain in the ass.
0: Yeah, but you see, whenever you're pissed off at the boss, <laughs> you can shout at him all you want, and you only have to look at <sighs> him to do it.
1: That's true. Uh, when you I, do I, some I, of them things, you're like, well, why did I do that again? Oh, <laughs> Yeah uh what's oh, that yeah. uh leah what what is it what oh you've been following todd for a while well next time i'm an interview with him i'll you can come on and talk to him yes
0: well thank you very you much got, you
1: got any favorite books or you you like all of his books what do you mean is he married what you know for the last 12 guests i've had that question come in. is, is this like some kind of conspiracy wow
0: is he married
1: is he i'm married? divorced <laughs> by the way there you uh, go he's happily divorced whatever that means yeah uh, pretty much you no, know, A friend of mine says that all the time. And I'm like, what do you mean happy? Says, I'm happy to be away from the crazy woman. <laughs> it's like, dude, you can't I, say that.
0: <laughs> it's, I mean, the, the thing is that, you know, marriages are very hard work.
1: They are. They're and, a lot of work, and, too.
0: It, and we don't train for it. There's, no. You know, you get a high school diploma, and there's not one course there that said how to be married, you know? There's not even a course on how to pay rents or pay your bills. Or and stuff. today
1: it's, oh. it's not a, it's not a cool thing to be married. Uh, yeah. Oh, wait, no, no, Lisa, I've been married. I'm been married at least a hell of a day. If you don't mind me asking, well, you can lie. Just tell me thirty, <laughs> 37. I've been married long. I've been married longer than you've been alive. Yes. Uh, this year makes four years for me and a wife. Mm-hmm. Wow. Don't ask me why she puts up with my ass. Hell, I don't want to put up my ass half the time. It's, uh, no because we have this thing we've always done when we both agree on something we do it we've just been very fortunate that we've never agreed on getting divorced at the same time <laughs> it's a no don't get me wrong There's times we were like i hate you you bitch i hate you you bastard and then but, you know you know we've Sometimes. been together as long as we it's different you know once you break a certain amount of time it changes don't ask I, it's it, I, it, i'd have to write a book on i would have to get with todd in your screen to, to me a ghost write me a book uh it's it's a all process,
0: and it, and part of it is we're all raised to believe in the, the romantic kind of love. That's I true. see her, she sees me, we complete each other, and that's actually a chemical thing that lasts for about five seconds, and then you realize mm-hmm. that that the other person farts or has you know bo yeah. or or you know whatever, and, has chihuahua's. Oh yeah, and <laughs> and you either decide there's still somebody you just love to be around. Or you decide, whoops, this was a mistake. Um, and, you know, that's life.
1: Um, it is. It's, it's a strange thing. Well, my stepdad had been married. Well, my mom finally married us. So I had been married five times. My mom's like, well, my mom had only been married once when my dad died. And, and I guess that's where I get it from. Because I told my wife when I married her, so I'm only getting married one time. You divorce me. I'm getting a harem. And that's the end of that shit. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and, and uh, so I think she just never divorced me because she don't want me to have a harem. That's all. Still, yeah, I, know, no, I know we, we you know. actually get along really well from for the most part. I mean, we can drive each other crazy when we want to, but um, I think the
0: there was when we want to, yeah. Every now to. and then, we kind of you know, when you're with people, you drive the other person crazy, mm-hmm. and then you decide you don't want to anymore.
1: But she knows most of my bad habits, so
3: yeah.
1: And um, uh, and, and when I met her, I used to drink and smoke, I don't do either anymore, so it's a what do you mean, Donna? Oh, no, no, no. I'll, I'll, what do you mean? No, 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 no. You got confused. No, I quit drinking when I was real young because I had a bad temper when I drank. So when my son was born, I quit for like 10 years and at 23. And then I started drinking again in my 30s and for about three or four years. And then I quit again for about another 10 years. Now, I only drink like at special occasions. Like when I'm at Writers of the Future, I'll have a couple of cocktails with them or something and we're out at the bar or something like that. Or if I'm with some real close friends. Anyway, I don't have to drive. But since I'm ninety percent of the time I want to drive I I just don't drink. I'd love to sit at the casinos and drink, but I'm the ones driving, so and I I'm not paying no DUIs and I don't want to be paying no thousand dollars a month of insurance either. So Yeah. And it's just you grow up, that's uh when I was young I would have drove drunk all over the place. I have I hate to even admit that. Uh but from age seventeen to about age till I quit the first time, drinking and drive, I I thought it was a cool thing to do. Yeah, just lucky, that's all. Yeah. No, I say that it, it, I say that because it's a true statement. It's uh, any at any time I could have been the one that effed up, killed somebody, killed myself, me, my family. It's just just trust me. Don't drink and drive. Don't smoke and drive. No, I'm not anti-pot. Get over that. I could care less if you smoke pot or not. Ninety percent of people I know smoke pot. I'm not anti anything. I just think you should you know be alert of your surroundings. That's all. Aware of your surroundings. Just. Yes. No, I don't care if you get high. Good love. It, puff it up. Oh, because I won't let anybody smoke weed on the – No, because it's a network <laughs> thing. No, because – No, people – I won't even let them smoke cigarettes. I, I get pissed off when they drink drinking too much because we're doing radio, actually TV radio. And In old days, there yeah, you used to be somebody puffing on TV, but that's not TV anymore. Uh, it's bad as smoke now. <laughs> I don't make the rules. No, actually, the main reason about the pot is I just want the host getting high while they're on the air. Um, because some of them get too chatty. Mm-hmm. Think about it. They're already chatty. They're radio show host. So when they get high, they're either going to get really quiet or really noisy, one or the other. So i I'd just rather them be their regular stuff, I and mean, then get high as you want after the show. <laughs> yeah, No, I don't even know, really. I'm not kidding you. Almost everybody I know smokes weed in one, one shape, form, or fashion. Uh, ever since it became legal in most of the states now, I, I, almost everybody I know smokes. A lot of my baby boomer friends do. A lot of my Z generation friends do. I'm surprised that the Z generation is a bunch of little potheads. <laughs>
3: uh,
1: I, no, I thought. Look, usually when parents do something, the, the kids' generation usually skips it and does something else. For some reason, marijuana just seems to go through all the generations equally. I'm not sure what the hell that's about. That might be uh, that,
0: that it means that it's you know something that's yeah. good or something. I don't know. Uh, Can didn't you write when you
1: high? Okay, first off, I can't write at all, but I, I, I could even write even less if I was high. Uh, I'm not, yeah. Can you write when you're high? When you mean high, you mean off of anything. You're not just talking about pot, right? Yeah, I, I couldn't, know. Oh, yeah, let me, let me do some LSD and write a novel. Okay, that's going to happen.
0: <laughs> There's a common joke out there about people who get high on something, and they say they've got the best idea, and they write it down on a piece of paper, and they wake up the next morning – and there's little squiggle lines on the paper.
1: Yeah, um, like, what the so hell that, is that
0: seemed to be pretty yeah, nobody knows. Or you, what or, it you is. or
1: you read something that you're like, did I actually think that was cool? Oh my god, I'm an idiot. Yeah. It's, it's um mm, Oh, you want to know when Todd's got a new book out? When you got a new book coming out, Todd.
0: Uh actually I just finished the first draft of the latest one in the Canaris Rift series. I got four in that series out now. First one is called Raw Space. We're six hundred years in the future. Uh Ooh, my poor heroine. My poor heroine gets assigned to the laundry ship for the fleet. <laughs> um, and, and it just goes downhill from there until it no, does uh, it. it, it see, I like, out, I, see,
1: I like stuff like that. that that's, yeah. more my, that's more of my alley. Uh, well,
0: it, it starts out a lot of fun right. and then it gets kind of, it, it sobers up fast. Um, and I've been having a blast writing them. Um, when I write nowadays, I tend to write for for what I want to read. Oh, you know, what I like, what I'm having fun with, rather than saying, oh, the fans will love this. If you're a writer, I got to say that all of my experience is that if you ever write something saying the fans will love it, you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> you you want to be, you want to be.
1: Yes, leave that to the media directors. Well, uh, no,
0: really. I mean, you kind of want to be the person that's writing because you can't not write. Um uh, That i like to say you know i got people in my head and if i don't get them out they're going to do damage bouncing around inside there uh, and it, and it's like that i mean i the way i'm writing now is different from the way i wrote before uh years before and i may go back to some of it but right now i'm doing what we call pantsing it's kind of like i say hmm so what if you were assigned to the laundry ship and a fleet you know well, what would happen then oh what if this happens what if somebody releases a bug that eats all the clothing on your laundry ship. How do you tell the Admiral what's happened to his best suit and stuff like that. And so I go on, you know, I am like, huh, let's see what happens now. Let's see what happens now. And, and it's a lot of fun. Now when I do this, I'm looking at my characters. So I, when I originally thought of this idea, I thought, Hmm, okay. So I'm going to have a spaceship full of naked people. I can play this for laughs or I can play it seriously, you know, if yeah. all of a sudden in the Navy, we had an aircraft carrier where all the clothes got eaten away by some bug, what would they do? Well, they're in the Navy. They got to do their job, you know, and they'd figure out a way around it. Um, That's so right. wrap some bisqueen
1: so, so, around your ass and get back well, to work.
0: Whatever, you know, actually they didn't, you know, it was kind of like in this case, it, it turns out that Those there's a people. Oh yeah. Um, but, but it's, um, it was a lot of fun and it goes on and it gets weirder and more interesting uh, it turns out that there's an alien universe out there and they don't like competition um, so i just finished book 5 it should run for 6 books um, the twins and i i i am lucky enough that i've been co-authoring with Brittany and Brianna Winter who the are, the twins are twins are interesting
1: i got to say i i enjoyed and talking to both of them they're very bright young ladies
0: they're super smart and we started off. We wrote a quick series of quick read books, twenty books that are really short, uh, called the Twin Soul series. It's uh, it's a world of fantasy, magic, steampunk, uh, meddlesome gods. Uh, I like to say that think Thor and Loki, but our guys are cooler. Um, and so we've had a lot of fun with that. We we tend to write all over the place, uh, where you know where it takes your fancy. Um, but, you know, if you're looking for brand new Todd and you haven't seen LA or you haven't read the Jupiter game or you haven't read the Steamwalker, then you may want to look at Raw Space, which is the first in the Canaris Rift series. So and if you're thinking, as I hope you will, when you read it, say, oh, I can write better than that. Then you want to submit to Writers of the Future and you actually get your chance to not only prove it, but to get paid for it, which is cool. Uh, so that's sort of one of the reasons we're here is because we met at the writers of the future and, uh, you know, they, they just have volume 38 out now when we were at the, the award ceremony, uh, it's going to be in paperback on the 28th of June. Uh, it was officially released so you can get it as an ebook on the 12th of April. Um, and it's a lot of fun. It includes great stories, great art, as Joe was saying. Um, uh, and yeah. And it's a really, you know, it's a chance to read what's brand new from brand new people, uh, and a chance to say, hmm, maybe I should enter. It's free. You do it online. Um, it's one of the best deals in the world.
1: I, you know, I was telling this to somebody the other day because I'm getting ready to. Uh, I was talking to a principal at a high school about this, and we were talking. So and someone dropped these books off, and he's like, "Well, he, I was telling him about because he first thing he asked me was about Elron Harper. So what about it?" He said, well, I said, there's nothing wrong with the guy. I said, this had nothing to do with him other than his money sponsors this. I said, this is a great chance for anybody. I said, it's very credible. I said, it holds a lot of credentials when people can go somewhere and say, hey, I won best book or Beth Arthur or the golden Pen at Writers of the Future. I said, it makes a difference when you go in places like that. People know it. It's 38 years of anthology. I said, that's hard to beat. I said, there's a lot of great writers coming out here. I said, plus... Some of the best writers in the fricking country are teaching these people. Yeah. I said, they get a crash course in five days. I said, do you know how much I was, I was talking? I think it was Tim or Dean when I was talking, I said, how much it would cost these kids to get this much of y'all's time, um, you know, just, just on their own. I'm like, I said, God, I said, you know what I'm saying? I said, it's not just they're teaching them how to be better artists or better illustrators or better writers. They're learning the business and they're learning how to deal with people. They're learning about the media. I said, they are actually learning how to go in the world and become great authors. Uh, they're giving them the equipment. Plus, you know this person now. You can say, hey, I, I got this question. Hey, Todd, you know, I'm in this bond. Just, can you help me out with this? I said, look, I said, they now have contacts they've never had before. You can't beat it, people. If, if they, You can submit four times a year. There's twelve winners of both the illustrators and the authors, a couple honorable mentions, and you can be there. You get to meet Todd in person. Todd's are, is well, y'all can't be hanging out with him like we do because y'all get in trouble. But still, <laughs> <laughs> so some of your youngsters and I. You see, that's another thing. I got to make myself quit doing this. Okay, what? let me correct myself. I always say these youngsters when I'm talking about winners, but that's not true. Uh, we had from sixteen to seventy one year, from seventeen to sixty eight the other year. I mean, all these years, for the three years I was there, the range was crazy in, in, in age differences. 16-, uh, 17-year-olds and 68-year-olds, and I mean, and they're all winners. So right off the bat, you're never too old to submit. You're never too old to write. You're never too old to do art and, and still win. And you're starting a career. Yeah, this guy's tired. He's been retired for like five years. He writes a book. He's a winner now. Now he's got a whole new career. Yeah. And, you know, and he knows all these authors. And one of my favorite things is that Todd and him like to do these poor authors is give them 24 hours to come up with a story.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, and they do <laughs> it. They're surprised. They it's-
1: do. They do it too. All of them do it. That's, uh, yeah. I don't know how good they are. but they all do I was watching Tim and Jody this year going through when I was cracking up. And uh, I think it was one of the Aussies asked me, what's so funny? I said, watching all y'all stress. Because Tim asked me, and I got to share these with Tim when he comes on in a week or two. He asked me to go around and get pictures of all of them while they were working on their stories <laughs> without letting them see me do it. I got a bunch of good pictures covered with their laptops, like stuffed in their face. It's dark. <laughs> That's great. Oh, oh, people look, they put them in rooms together. Don't, don't think they stress these, these youngins out or these people out. Uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of work. It's not just all play. Um, but you're going to get to learn from the best. And that's really what this is about. And it's not, even if you don't get all to meet all the judges, I mean, you will that are there, but there's other judges that, that are different years and stuff. And uh, there's a lot of just huge names, a lot of people in the industry, a lot of great writers, a lot of great, I don't want to say just sci-fi because it's, there's what, like 12 genres or something.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, And uh, it's 17,000 words or less. Yes. I remember when Amelia told me, I said, that's not a damn short story. It's a book. 17, 000, yeah, 17,000 a mini book. All right. Don't, don't give me trouble people, but it's a great thing you do. And the staff is fabulous. The judges are great. Everybody you're going to meet from author services and from galaxy press are going to be fabulous people. You're going to have a good time. Um, what do you mean? Is it all free? Um, it's mostly free. They pay for most of the stuff. They fly you out there. They put you up in a hotel room. I think you got to pay for your own meals and you probably got to rent your own talks, but everything else is on them. Um, then they bring you and you, they,
0: they have yes. this huge awards ceremony. Yes, it's kind of like it's kind of like the People's Choice Award. It's amazing. It is. It's a
1: big huge gala they put on just like any other gala you see in Hollywood. Matter and, of fact, there are several put on it. Yeah, it's good.
0: And then they they, they teach you about press and they go ahead and get, get newspaper articles out there for you. They want you to succeed. They want uh, the, the purpose behind this is, you know, as I said earlier, you know, writers started out as readers. We want stuff to read. That's uh, right. So that's what we're doing. Uh, L. Ron Hubbard said, uh, and I'll quote it wrong, so forgive me. But he, basically what he said is, is society grows uh, on its dreamers, you know, and we need more of them. And people who write science fiction and fantasy, we're, we're kind of on the front line of dreaming. Also, the artists are on the front line of dreaming. A lot of our artists end up being, you know, working in the film industry in a huge way. You got people like Rod Pryor. Uh, oh, God, and now I'm losing all sorts of names. Uh, he's the one I remember the most. Well, you get the amazing Larry Elmore, who's been doing uh, fantasy artwork for forever, and he's such a sweet guy. Uh, you know, you, you just have an incredible amount of talent as the illustrator judges. And, you know, some pretty darn good talent as the, as the writer judges, if I say so myself.
1: Uh, yes, but, they yeah. are. There's a lot of good to Plus, like at the gala, you know, the owner of DragonCon was there. The other con yeah. from Utah was there. I mean, you, you just, these are people that you're not going to ever get to meet unless you happen to be here. The yeah. owner of DragonCon is not going to come down and talk to you because he ain't going to know who you are. He's going to be like, I'm going to waste my time with you. Uh, it's not that he's not a nice guy. He is. He's a cool guy. But, you know, there's a lot of people that want this man's attention. You're going to actually get to meet him and other people. And then you know, have to Gala, there's actually Hollywood people come out, and uh, there's a couple of people there, too, five or six movie stars this year, some TV stars there. So it's it's a great place to make contacts. Helena, you mean why do they bring me a Helena? Yeah, I know what their name's about. You mean myself? I'm out there for two reasons, one, to do interviews, and two, to scare the crap out of them. Yeah. <laughs> he no, succeeds I, at both. Yes, I do. I, I want them to understand that, they're in control. Media is not, it's their interviews. They need to take control of because, you know, people like me, I mean, I'm a nice guy most of the time, but if you get up and aggravate me, I'm going to eat you for lunch. And um, so I want them to understand if, if like during a phone interview and somebody's just bullying them or picking on or saying a book's crappy, hang up the phone say, thank you. You don't have permission to use interview and just hang up and go on about your life. Because in the end, if you stay on too long, they're going to come out looking good and you're going to come out looking bad. Same thing with with television interviews or any of that. You always have the right to get up and walk off the stage. And actually, it kind of makes you look a little bit snotty when you do it, which will make more people like you. Um, And it makes them look like bullies, and that's more important. And let me tell you another little secret, especially for you authors. If a host tells you they read your book, question them. Yes, Mm -hmm. because 90% of them have not read your book. And when you put them on their back foot, you are now in control of that interview. And don't be scared to submit questions. If you're like a really nervous person, not like Todd. Todd's an easy interview, but if you're a nervous kind of person, send them questions. Most hosts will stick to the questions. Uh, they might wander around a little bit, but they'll stick to it, and you'll feel more comfortable in it. Yes, you can send answers with the questions, but hosts are generally not going to do that. They're going to want to answer it however the hell they want to answer it. Oh, you mean your answers? Well, yeah, you can send your questions and answers. That's fine. You should. By make it the way, scripted. by yeah. the
0: way, you're getting some of the advice. Some of the writers and illustrators of the future get yeah. at the last day uh, at the week long conference because Joe talks to them and says pretty much the same thing he just said here yes, and more. Yeah. And- so, because so I, you, you know, I'm,
1: I'm friends with all these guys. I want to see everybody do well. And I tell them all the time if I can help, because who was it? One of the hosts, was, one of the judges would tell me something about some asshole. I said, You tell him. I said, I'll tell you what, you schedule a meeting with him and let me deal with his ass. <laughs> I'll show you <laughs> how to deal with the media. I said, When I'm through with him, he won't even talk to you again. If you listen again, He's like, who's that asshole that you sick on me? <laughs> um, y'all forget in the old days I was mean. I, I've chilled with age, I'm mellowed with age, but I still got that mean streak in the back of me. Um, oh yeah, that was that was what I was famous for—is taking people who were lying and, and just ripping them into pieces. Um, and I'm good at it. Yes, my wife I used to. My wife was a good fighter, so it taught me a lot of it. So it was my mom, for that matter. Um, no, really though, you're the ones in control. Doesn't matter what you do when it comes to the media. You, Yes, you can sell your soul to the media, and you might get you rich and famous. But somewhere down the line, it's going to bite you in the ass. Um, it doesn't matter how big you are either; it can still bite you in the ass. You have to control the media. You cannot let them control you, because uh, that's what they want. Just like they control the narratives now. All, everything we see on television is controlled by two sets of media, basically, and you pick which side you want to believe in. I don't do that because I, I'm all over the place. And for American news, I usually watch BBC. I tell all my friends if they want to know what's going on in Canada, watch the U S. Cause I got, we had six Canadian hosts. So when I'm talking to them about what I see in the news here, they don't even know the hell it's going on in their country. Mm. Uh, so same thing with us. I'm talking to my friends watching BBC over there and they're going, Joe, you, where, where you been? Uh, because it's just the way it is. The, the you know, it's like the um, well, right now we're going to hear about the guy who tried to kill the judge. That's what we're going to hear or tried to break into the judge's house. That's what we're going to hear for the next day and a half to two days. Uh, they just get on a kick and they stay on it. And yeah. my biggest problem is, is okay, there's a lot of bad news in the world, I understand. There's a lot of bad things going on. But you know what? There are good things. Can we at least, one, you know, on all my news shows, at the end of every show, I end the show with one good thing. Whatever it may, it may be something stupid or goofy, but it's something that's good that makes you think, okay, the world isn't just a crap hole. Uh, and I think our media needs to get back to that or at least reporting the media. Yeah. I know we got to get out of here pretty soon. Cause it's getting late. Oh shit. Yeah. We are like 20 minutes over. I'm Uh-oh. surprised. I'm surprised. Uh, uh, Michelle hasn't sent me some nasty email. I get the hell off the radio. Wait, <laughs> wait, well the way stream you set up, we can double stream, but they don't get the main, the main radio until I get off the air. Cause I own the uh-huh. network. So that's how it works. <laughs> 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 hey, I supersede everybody. it's just how it is. Todd, you're always great to have on, man. We'll have to get you back on talks. We'll get get I'd into the books to. a little bit more often. Yeah. Well, actually, no. I wanted to get into him with some more sci-fi too, Well, he's a big sci-fi fan like myself, yeah, yeah. and uh sometimes we'll geek out. I, find John, I had John, I had John geeking out so bad one night the audience was laughing. And uh, well, because you know, John's sometimes people get confused with me sometimes because they see me in Susan and they think I'm really just very straight, and I'm not. I like to play around, but John is, so I love to torture. His ass. <laughs> No, he's right. got a sense of humor. he's just he just yeah. you know, he's just a little a little more straight run than me. I'm not tied yeah. myself up. Right. Oh, he's a great guy. We get along fabulous. Yeah. I have a fun, great time talking. As a matter of fact, in about two weeks he's gonna be coming on. Uh, we're gonna be uh, starting to plug for the um, podcast awards. We got five shows up, including his oh, or, wow. for podcast awards. So yes, mm-hmm. you're gonna be hearing this all the time. Vote, 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 vote. You know how many times I said vote last year? <laughs> Jesus. Oh, wow. I could have retired if I had a, just a penny on each one. <laughs> Again, guys Todd mccaffrey He's a great writer. I should be out there checking him out. uh, You can find him on Amazon. matter of fact, I'm pretty sure you can find him anywhere that they have books sold. I know when I searched a little while ago, he came up all over the place., uh, y'all seen just the one off Yahoo had the books listed. Amazon's got a bunch of books listed over there. Don't be scared, buy a book, and remember this, and I tell this to people all the time. You know, I know people whine they go, oh it's economys this economies that so you can buy a book, you can read the book and give the book away as a Christmas present. Or, or just give it to your kid to read or give it to somebody in your family to read. That's how I learned to read a lot of different things because the books would get passed around in my family. By the time I'd get them, half the time, everything was bent and pages were missing and shit. But still, I'd have to say, hey, what happened here? There's no page here. Was, was this <laughs> crucial? Did something happen here? Uh, you know, but, but but do it. I mean, we share books all the time. I'm a big, big promoter of literacy. Um I, I live in two states. I live in Louisiana and Mississippi, probably the two most illiterate states in the union. Uh, and we're going to try to change that. Uh, I notice that just colleges are working hard on changing it, and projects like we're got going where we're going to be donating books at different schools. Well, I just you know, if you can get a kid to read any of these anthologies, he's going to be fascinated, unless he's just a little thug boy. He, even then, he might still be fascinated. Just, just you know, hold on before we get out of here. Is this it? Let's oh yeah, can we get a little? Let's do a promo. Oh, let's do a promo. Where is it? Wait, where's thirty eight? There it is. Oh, there it is. Oh, let's see. There's Bob. Bob says hi, everybody. Oh, good. Bob, everybody. Hi, Bob. And this, of course, is thirty eight. Uh, this oh. is the one where this is the one we're talking about right now. If you look over there, though, you will see uh, there's a uh, what? Well, how many there's a bunch of books. There's a bunch of there. Yeah. So, so that's like thirty through thirty eight right there. And then, like I said, Mission Earth's there. And you can see, what this is what we were talking about earlier. Echo, when she was doing an interview, she's seen yeah. this. And this is an autograph copy, people. Yeah, like getting this. It's just, like, just like the damn picture behind me, y'all been trying to get. One guy offered me five grand for the damn thing. John wow. sent me this. I don't know if you can see it. Hold on. There it is. Oh, wow John, John sent me this one. It's 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 wow. copy number eighty nine. Oh, uh, wow. it's signed the whole nine yards, and uh he's like, "I give you five grand for." I said, "Yeah, get my picture. Get off my damn picture." I had a great pad that Dory sent me that I rented a car to pick him up when John and Emily came in town and it mysteriously disappeared somewhere. So <laughs> me and Avis had been fighting about that for a few weeks. Um, Cause I, I, fortunately I know the guy who owns the place. <laughs> so I don't want to call him a thief, even though I pretty much did. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm rude sometimes, but Hey anyway, guys, we got to get out of here. We run way late. If you want to find Todd, give me email websites, anything you want, you want him to go visit. God does a pretty good uh, lecture too. Y'all should check him out. Oh, you're going to be speaking anyway this the rest of this year? I know we're getting halfway through. To well, the end, I'm going
0: to I'm, I'm going to be at San Diego Comic Con.
1: Oh, Comic Con, and then yes. I'm going to be
0: at Salt Lake City X, and I'm also going to be out here at Las Vegas Comic Con. Um,
1: when is when is the one in Salt Lake? Um,
0: Salt I, Lake I, is in September now. I want to say the 18th to the
1: 20th. Yeah, Matt, um No, I can't even remember his name now. Him and I talked a lot. I hate when I get named. Blake Castleman. Uh, yeah, the, the gentleman who runs it or is in charge of it. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 programming. Yeah, yeah, nice yeah, guy. Yeah, him and I, had a, we had quite a few talks. He said, well, why don't you come on? Why don't you come up? We'll get your table or You should come on out. So They're going to have you know, Bill
0: Shatner as a guest though. there. You know. Oh, are they? Because, How many um, more times are they going to see Bill Shatner? I know. That's actually life. that's
1: actually a good sales point, too. Yeah. Well, I used to go up there to uh, lecture. We used to do ufology lecture. Oh, I can't remember the name of the town. It's about 90 miles. It's in Utah, but it's about Promo. 95 miles from... Um, from area 51 because we went oh, down wow. there as well. Oh, by the way, people don't hit a cow. Cause you got to pay for it. You, <laughs> you, if you hit a cow, any of them highways in Nevada, uh, uh, New Mexico or Colorado or Arizona, you just bought it. And it don't matter how much damage you did to your car. The farmer ain't going to pay for your damage mm-hmm. because uh, there's signs everywhere. Don't hit our, they don't say expensive, but don't hit our cattle. There's even a couple of places that says don't hit our steers. There's some pretty big bulls out there. Um, and basically, from where we left out of Utah to Area 51, there is no speed limit. Mm. Just, just no signs posted anywhere, and everybody's doing 100 miles an hour. Everybody. It's, it's. Yeah. But it was a great. We stopped off somewhere on the side of the road. Um, I was with a local, and a beautiful skies. It was so weird because the sky was just stunning all over, and then you could see this little white dot off to the to the west. It was Las Vegas. Um, and you could just see steady planes headed that way. I mean, we must have counted 75 planes while we were sitting there. But wow. it's a beautiful place to sit and watch. You could hear the coyotes, and uh, there were deer all over the place, a couple of haunted cities we went through. Uh, it's a great little vacation. Like, I don't know why I can't remember the, the town we were in, but it was a nice little town, and everybody was real nice there. And the lecture was held out, outdoors. It was like a Red Rocks thing. It was held outdoor in this little mm-hmm. mountain in this little park. Uh, it was a lot of fun, but yeah, I'm going to try to get up there because I'd love to come up But it. Sounds yeah. like it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you mean Dragon Con? Oh, my, well, my sister lives in Atlanta, so I might go up to Dragon Con. Maybe. Dragon, anyway. Dragon
0: Con is an amazing event. It's a lot of fun. I haven't been in a while, uh, but I'll probably get back there at some point. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's kind of like it's its its own different world. It's <laughs> like Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con. is 150,000 people. Uh so it's another one of these. Wow, this is so different from everything I've ever seen. Uh Dragon Con is spread out over a bunch of hotels, yep, and it's got this incredible energy. Um, it's just marvelous, you know. So if you if you want to go to a big convention and you don't want to do Sandy Gun Comic Con, consider Dragon Con. Uh or yeah, Fan X. Fan X is a heck of a lot of fun.
1: They're yeah, nice there in Salt Lake. Just you know, if you <laughs> can, and see where you are, see what's closest to you if you don't want to fly yeah. somewhere. Uh, I'm not recommending flying. I had to fly this year and I'll probably end up flying again, but people, just so you know, the planes are packed. Even, even if you're in business class, the pain, the planes are packed. Wow. I mean, they are super packed. And you could have probably got first class pretty cheap a couple of months ago, but now not anymore. Not since the fuel's going up through the roof. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's going to be expensive to fly. Well, you can do like I do. I have cards with like different airlines, so I get 50% off anywhere I fly, but um, I'm not flying unless, and I can't afford first class. It's too expensive. And, um, and I'm just, when I flew out to LA a couple of weeks back, the planes, I, had to, I was on two different planes going, two different planes coming and they were just full. Oh, huh. I mean, it was like being in sardines and they were 727, not 727s. Uh, I forgot what they were, but they're, they were Boeing something, another, the newer ones. And they're just packed they're three rows on each side and, and you're just stuffed. And uh, and I'm like, like, I'm not like a little bitty guy either, so putting me in them seats is like, okay, I'm, I'm really wondering who them damn seats are made for. They ain't made for normal size
0: people, <laughs> no. Well, you gotta, you know, on that one, you gotta go back hundreds of years. Um, uh, the, the idea of having different classes on airplanes came from the idea of having different classes on trains, came from the idea of having. Different classes on the old stage coaches and carriages yep. because you could charge the really rich people an awful lot more. Yep, and that was the whole deal. Actually, I've been so. thinking
1: about doing some Amtrak tracking this year. Oh, good, um, you know, uh, train riding's great. It's been a long time, yeah. people. I mean, I'm talking since I was like 18. But uh, you know, like when I got out of boot camp, when I got out of tech school, I took the Delta Queen down from t- uh, St. Louis down to New Orleans. Spent a week on the boat gambling and getting in trouble, and. um, People I wasn't supposed to be Gamma one twenty one yet I was nineteen actually i just got out of just got out of boot was in tech and I, and I decided to come home for a week uh, so I had three weeks off so I took the ship down It was great it was a great trip uh yeah. i took a a train out to um uh Phoenix and drove up to uh, sedona which this year i think there is one that gets closer yeah people you can go to sedona just know just bring money with you sedona's expensive
0: yeah. But it's a really it's a really interesting little town.
1: It is. And there's a lot of weird stuff that goes on around it. And yeah. a good friend of mine, Melinda Leslie, uh, she does the UFO tours with the uh infrared cameras. Ooh. So yeah, tell her you know me, she might give you a discount. Yeah, we're pretty good friends. Oh, and cool. uh we've done coast to coast together and stuff like that. So Yeah, she's a nice person. That's what she does. That's that's it was a great idea. It's a good moneymaker. <laughs> she does that and read Territ, I'm pretty sure. But anyway, we gotta get out of here. I keep telling we're going, we keep talking. Guys and girls, <laughs> no, be sure right. to go, go be sure to go catch out Outer Run. I'm not sure who Michelle's guest is right now. Uh I guess I should find out before I leave, but uh, be sure to go out and check out the Outer Realm with Michelle Dosa Roche and Emilia Passano. You know, they are great ones. Uh Michelle owns Canada's Most Haunted, so she's always an interesting character to listen to. And uh Emilia does finds missing children and missing people and stuff like that. So they're a great couple together. They, okay, they're not a couple, so I shouldn't have said it that way. I forgot what era we're living in right now. I don't want to accidentally get in trouble. <laughs> and they're friends, okay? They both have boyfriends and husbands. I don't want to get in there. Babylon Five rocks. Summer born. Don't give me no trouble, no.
3: <laughs> I will send.
1: I will send the greys to your house to probe you, and it Ooh. won't be an anal probe either. It will. Uh, it could be even worse. <laughs> Todd, anyway. are short stories or novels? Oh, I, I, I. You know what? I seen that earlier. I forgot about that. I just want to know if you wrote short stories or novels or
0: I write mostly novels. I have a collection of short stories called The One Tree of Luna that you may be able to buy in paperback up on Amazon. Um, And I have a number of short stories wandering around in various anthologies, and I can't keep track. Amazon's a great place to go to. You you go follow an author, and it'll show you everything they've done and more. Yeah, Um,
1: they will, too.
0: Yeah.
1: They'll even find some of your missing teeth that Tooth Fairy missed out on. Oh,
0: man. You know, that's good money.
1: It is. Amazon's a good place. We're listed over there. I know a lot of people keep their stuff listed over there. matter of fact, I think we're even on Alexa now. So you can say Alexa, United Public Radio. Wow. uh, Oh, wait. I better shut up before it starts playing something. Damn. My Siri and my Alexa talk to each other. Uh Uh-oh. And and I'm not kidding. So the other night I'm doing a show, who was on with me? Uh, I forgot. Whoever the guest was last week was, was an author. And we're talking, and all of a sudden, Siri just starts talking in the middle of the show. It's not the first time she's done it either. I'm like, so then a couple of nights later, I'm on doing the news. She starts talking and Alexis starts talking to her. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is going on here, man? I mean, I mean, are these people working the mics, listening, and now having a conversation through my phone system? What the hell is this? Oh, wow. uh, it's weird. It's weird. But Todd, again, thanks for coming on. You were great, man. I had a blast. Uh, I'll <laughs> yeah, let you know what I finally Thank final you, Joe. Was. Was
0: it, it, was, it was marvelous, and I'd love to do it again anytime. Oh, yeah.
1: You're, and you're always fun. So, and like I said, you're an easy interview. <laughs> it's not like, not. all right, Christy, real quick. Okay. I did say that. So and it is true. So winners, when it comes to the winners, the author winners are much more chatty than the illustrators are. I've done three years of them now, and there's no doubt that they're chatty. But now when you get into the judge, it's a little bit different. The illustrator judges are actually a little bit more chatty than the author judges are, uh, which I found strange. Well, no, 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 it's not that the author judges on chatty they're all they all can talk quite well. It's not what I meant, but for some reason, it's just a little weird. that's all just it's a weird thing, but I did say that it's true, so I guess you were paying attention during that show, huh yes. <laughs> anyway, good night, everybody. uh, I forgot who's coming on next. Oh, Zane's coming on next week. He was uh oh. one of the one of the winners, and I'll post all that up so you'll know exactly who I'm talking about and then Tim Powers will be on with me. On Monday, the twentieth, uh, he will be on a different show with us, and you know he's he's got a lot of stuff to his claims. So just look him up. Uh, it's going to be another fun interview. It's the first time I've actually got to sit down and really talk with him. The last two years, him and I, our schedules were like in different rotations for some reason. So I could catch it with Todd, Dean, and him at the, at the at the dentist. But a lot of times, I didn't see Todd. I mean, I didn't see Tim. So, um, and then of course your roommate, he was interesting as all hell. He was funny as hell too. Um. He's another winner. He's coming on. Until i can to say his name. He'll be on. I think, I think Kent Carmer's got him coming on in like three weeks or something. And uh, so y'all get to enter it and, and meet him as well. Damn, I'm tongue-tied tonight. I know. Huh? It's a good thing I'm not being paid tonight. I'd be giving refunds <laughs> out. <laughs> anyway, good night, everybody. I'll see y'all Friday night. Uh, we'll be doing the Centralist so at a new show. We'll be on with Michael and I. I think Jay's joining us. And Sean said he might stop by as well. We will be bringing everybody up to date on the local, well, everything that's going on in our country and around the world. And, uh, and we will do it with a twist. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. So y'all know we don't do opinions in the first hour of the show. We just do the news like news should be done. Uh, we do a lot of research on it and we do the news like it should be reported as news. The second hour, and we will tell you in the second hour that these are our opinions about the stories we reported in the first hour. That way you get the news and you can make up your own mind. And if you want to hang around and listen to what we think about the news, then you can hang around and listen to that as well. We always done it like that. It used to be a four-hour show when it was news on the flip side. It was five million people listening to it. It wow. was a great show. Yeah, it was a great show, but my co-host lost her mind. Oh. So we closed it down. I made good money, too. But anyway, good night, everybody. Stay tuned. Don't Stay tuned. Get over and go see the outer realm because Michelle's probably already – she's probably putting a voodoo curse on me as we speak with that that flaming red hair down her ass and shit. She's a demon. She's Canadian Elvira is what she is. (laughs) Good night, everybody. We'll see y'all next time. Good
3: night.